Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dow here with Dustin Fraser and $70 Games Next Gen. Well, we're already being nickel and dime. This doesn't sit well with me. I'm hoping that these are going to be some quadruple A titles as our next gen approaches for you gamers out there. Yeah, it's a bit much. Just a little bit. <laughs> is it a rumor right now or is it actually what's going to be happening? Um, so far I've only heard rumor. I haven't heard anything solid yet. Gotcha. I guess that makes sense. We'll have to see what happens because I kind of have been going with the indie stuff lately. Yeah, the indie stuff has been good. So tonight, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, You were right. You called it as far as what a a couple of the bigger stories that you said were going to be coming (laughs) tonight. Okay, so I know we talked off air last night. And yeah, you were right. There's some uncomfortable yeah. shit on here. I'm not going to lie. Still yeah, trying to go for is. something a bit shorter, but we'll have to see with the amount of things there. But first of all, your favorite game came back up in the spotlight. I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, what? Uh, you know, the one, the WWE 2K game. Oh, series, oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two, 2K All-Stars, yeah. Yes, your favorite. You've been supporting uh, <laughs> these guys from the beginning. It's because of your money. That they were able There's to a line, right? Don't you put this blame on me. <laughs> Your 2K20 money helped fund whatever, whatever's to come. Uh, you know, what... it looks like only about $60 worth of shit. So, yeah. So they unveiled a bunch of new characters and I guess they're super moves or something. So we're going to just run this here. Again, if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, you can come into twitch.tv slash talk brunch or even Facebook uh, gaming. Facebook slash gaming slash talk brunch sometimes. It'll be on both and uh you know you can get the visuals of the videos we're watching. Anyway, so this is uh a bunch of new characters here from what I understand. Okay, let's bring that back a little bit. Uh, damn that's fast. Nia Jackson Mandy Rose. Good lord, look at these it's like Dragon Ball. Bailey. I can't even see them through the colors. Bailey and Naomi. Super stroke. Jeff Hardy and the Miz. Jesus. <laughs> Nikki Cross and Ember Moon. <laughs> truth and Shinsuke Nakamura. Triple H and Shawn Michaels to that. That's oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. My eyes hurt right now. Like, oh, man. That and, is and it's a... not even because the game looks like shit. I just couldn't see past the fucking colors. Like, oh, man. Happy birthday. Cooler. Oh, my Happy God. Happy birthday. But, but belated because we celebrated it yesterday. Happy birthday, my significant other. Uh, we've been here this entire time. Definitely an integral part of what we're doing here. 
which I've oh, said yeah. many times on here before. So, you know, that first and foremost, thank you so much for your support. Love you. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you. So what do you think of what we got going on here? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I ain't buying it. But uh, <laughs> you wouldn't buy it even just to uh, to show it to the community, to, like your gameplay of it or whatever. Oh God, I love y'all, but not that much. Like, uh, I I would. Uh, <laughs> just for the just for shit. I mean, just looking at it is fun. Look at this. Like, oh my God. I, There's more particle effects in this than in like anything I've ever seen before. It's like, oh my God, it's like a Michael Bay Mayor Street Fighter, like WWE by Blizzard. You know what I'm saying? There's like so many particle effects here. It looks like if everybody hit their ultimate at the same time. Like, yeah, that is something else. Look at how over the top this is. Definitely, I mean, I mean it must be targeted towards children, right? When you really look, at it, it has looks, to be. Like it's uh, I guess adults will screw around with. It. At the end of the day, if you're playing a game, it's not really any target demographic, but there is. You feel me? So it's like, because you could have fun with a kid game. I mean, hey, we've streamed SpongeBob, and I don't even I don't know shit about SpongeBob. All right. As far as you were concerned, at that point, he was Cheese Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm just I feel like they can go down on that price a little bit. I mean, I hate to sound like a cheap right. bastard and everything, but that's the thing. Like the price is way too high for that to be it. Yeah, it's a bit rough, and I and I haven't really seen any emphasis on the game aside from the 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 roughness of the the super moves like i like they haven't talked yeah. about modes or online or or what you're going to be able to do so that's a little disheartening you know it's definitely something we're going to need is like to have more modes than just like exhibitions which it looks like a whole bag of exhibition shit right now right like you you can't sell me on just the super moves i got to see what happens before the super moves yeah exactly anyone listening on uh podcast only i'm putting the links up because those were like five videos five or six videos i'm putting the individual links up on our uh, twitter where people can uh look at these but yeah the visuals i think even for a game that's trying to look cartoony it leaves something to be desired you know yeah it, it looks like it just went from the generic okay give them big heads and big body parts yeah just be goofy go as cheap as possible that's what it really looks like it was like we're gonna be flashy and cheap which big heads and big body parts is the easiest route to go in any kind of cartoony thing. Yeah. And that's the route they did go. Like I said, who knows? Maybe we'll eat our words and they'll be like, this is incredible. You know, you'd never expect it from a game like this, but I'm just not seeing that. It just seems more like they want to do something that the studio that they have will be able to develop. And that was like the long and short of their strategy. It was like, hopefully the guys we have employed to us can do this. <laughs> since they can't do what, what the old guys were doing oh god <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it, it's gonna be interesting to see how this goes uh, i'm not sure yeah no, neither am i is this next gen as well i'm assuming it is i would you know this i feel like it has to be at this point or it's going to be one of those things where it's like it's next gen and in that batch of like last games is coming out for the previous gen yeah, maybe. Triple H and Shawn Michaels in it, so it's definitely going to be uh, different uh, generations, I guess. It's not going by any specific locker room. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, well, moving along. I'm going to do some fun stories before we get into anything serious, you know, because that's our gimmick around here. And uh, Start fun. 
your boy's back with another commercial here, apparently. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I literally thought before we came on the air, I wonder if Rusev has another commercial. Have you ever had a trouble with your back being boring? I've got the solution for you. Pow! What? Yes, he did it! Oh. Pow! I have to cut it up. Pow! Nero's back. Trap yourself! Gordo Sara Pony not to do not see Nero's back. He's going to try to this is ridiculous. That motherfucker said, Did you see the way that again. cat was photoshopped in there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yo, man, this man is happy. I see why he, he doesn't need to wrestle anymore. He can just do commercials. I'll be perfectly fine with that. That's too good, right? I always called it that it was uh, it was better when he, he had his own thing going on. I knew it was going to become episodic, man. I totally knew that it was going to become episodic. (laughs) So, yeah. He better not run this season too long because he's about to get in the dangerous territory. He keeps playing. He makes it to the sheets more now that he's not in a wrestling company than when he was. And it's never anything bad. It's just happiness. Yeah, that is joy. So, did you hear about what Booker T said recently? Oh, God. What the fuck he say now? Because every time Booker T opened his mouth, Booker T is awesome, first of all, because he's a very real dude. He really is. Like, sometimes too real, but it's like real enough to where it's like, oh, what you gonna say this week? I had to find this to clip it while Raw was on. I was laughing. I don't even know. I must have missed a chunk of Raw because I I was laughing (laughs) in my headset just because I didn't know. I was just like, wait, what? Anyway, uh, he was asked on his podcast about, uh, Dixie Carter and, and the way she handled business oh, with TNA. I heard about did, this. You did here, right? I forgot that it was Booker that said it. Yeah. Oh, oh God. I started to read the transcript and I thought there's no way that this is actually said. So let me uh let me make sure that uh I hear this man. So anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that on real quick. And I'm gonna link you guys to the full interview on social media and in our chat room. I don't know what Dixie was doing half the time. Um <laughs> You know, but, but, uh, I know she was hanging out in the bar, you know, you know, hanging out with the boys, you know, when you, when you're hanging out with the boys, you know, some might, the water might get hot. <laughs> then you're going to jump. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So I don't know what Dixie was doing, but she seemed like she was living out her MILF's dream. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. Do you know that? Oh, wow. uh, I'm serious, man. Dixie was getting busy right there. I ain't gotta say what she was doing, but but Dixie was, you know, definitely how they used to say back in the day, hot to trot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know, man. You know, had the makeup and everything on, man. You know, so. I don't know, man. I I don't know how much writing she was doing for the show. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. You're a terrible person. Definitely um, a role. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just keeping it real, man. And you know what? And you know what? And you know what? Let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with that. This is this is this is a real deal. I remember one time Dixie set up a huge party. It, it, you know, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the place. Uh, was at this little, little bar, you know, but it was a huge party. 
And the celebration was, it was just after the show. <laughs> there was no real reason to have a party. And we're having a party just because, you know, the show is over with. We got, let's go have a party. You know, that's what I do. Brother, you get your paper, get your paper, you know, because the ship goes sink real soon. When the balls start mingling, you know, with the talent. <laughs> Dude. Wow. There was so much information. There's wow. <laughs> always been rumors, right? You know what the sad part is? I feel like I remember years ago, we were always talking about rumors. Dixie. Oh, Dixie. Was taking living, everybody to Dixie land. She was living out her MILF's dream. Oh my God! That was a true lethal lockdown. To trot, getting busy. Oh my God! Fucking ultimate triple X. I don't know how much Dixie helped with the writing. Only the writing. <laughs> I was all uh, at that point. I was all but expecting him to say, "Fucking, there's a reason that that was like that." I used to be straight. Like, uh, I mean, good for her, I guess. Right? Champion I mean, it out, Dixie. Makes a lot more stuff make sense, quite frankly. Right. I know current impact fans don't want to hear that, but you know, Man, if, you actually, right. if you put into the continuity, uh, Dixie's own personal taste, that would explain why talent would come in and out so quick, huh? In more way than one, right? She didn't give a fuck who you, who got over on TV as long as you were over with, with, with her, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, wait. <laughs> I just saw that scroll pack. He I was said- looking at the actual video. <laughs> Dixie getting Canadian destroyed every night. Haha. Dixie called a locker room fluffer. Oh man, that was, and he said it in such a Booker T way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Booker T about to have heat with so many people. I will he? I mean, I, I I just feel like it's gonna be that kind of heat where it's like nobody gives a shit, but you know there's no way they ain't mad. Like, I'm yes. pretty sure Macaulay Culkin's feeling it still hurt yes, somewhere out there. People could like have he, heat, and then I'm gonna automatically know that's that's gonna be like a radar. Whoever whoever gets hot from that is now part of the Dixie went to Dixieland. <laughs> you know, whoever whoever gets hot, Dixie was man. getting busy. She would just she would just throw parties because it was Tuesday. Think about it. he said like she would throw parties because the show was over. All right, impacts over party. All right, show's over. Let's yeah, get real. Like, he what? probably he probably he's been around since the old school. He probably has shit on everybody. He'll throw somebody else under the bus. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> Matt Hardy's mad. Let me tell you what Matt Hardy said. I mean, let's <laughs> be real. We saw him the Macaulay Culkin thing. He doesn't need a reason. The drop of a hat, you get thrown under the bus. That is definitely food for thought, though. Yeah, tell me he did not just say that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got the balls to tell you he didn't. I've heard it said a few times. I've heard it said about Nash specifically. I think Nash is the one I heard too. Like the only really reason why now I doubt it is because you recently pointed out that I think it was you didn't you point out that in TNA Nash never had the world title. Yeah, Nash was only ever a uh, Legends and or TV champion and a tag team champion. Yeah, so to me, there's a con- there's a continuity area. Right You're telling me that big, sexy Kevin Nash, with what we know about him and 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 booking himself and you know hoarding titles in WCW, the one company where he could put out to get over is the only company he never became world champion in. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> you and know, it was Magnus. Oh, don't go there. As, as it is, he has, <laughs> he has heat with uh, doesn't he have heat with Cornette or somebody? I don't want Magnus heat right now. Yeah, we don't need Magnus heat. Come on, people get pissed when you say shit about them. Right. And the next division champ. I don't even want to know what the implications that's, there. That's, are. That was never an X division champion. 
Yeah, what the hell? That would have been the funniest X Division champion ever. Kevin Nash? The My X Division? God. The X Division I'm thinking of where they climb they ropes were push- and shit. They were like pushing the they were pushing <laughs> like, with a piss. Well, like they're dangling across the top of the title. I dare them. Kevin Nash in the Ultimate X? Oh my God. I'd pay council money to see Kevin Nash in Ultimate X. Are you kidding me? I see Kevin. I pay council money to see Kevin Nash in a regular Ultimate X match. You know a spot that happens sometimes where like someone will get to the middle and then they'll just drop down and hit the middle of the ring. He'd hit that shit Ooh. once and die. It'd be the end of his life if he fell off of something. I'm still Ooh. amazed. I told we talked about this a few weeks. I'm still amazed that he had that final match with Triple H. There was a fucking ladder match of all things. <laughs> the whole end of the click DX shit. You know, I couldn't believe it. it was like these guys are doing this on the ladder. Like he's but he about to climb this shit. Yeah, not that. He started climbing. I'm like, oh, he climbed uh, this shit. No, the the allegation is him climbing Dixie, not a ladder or, or the X division ropes. Him is climbing it? Dixie, that's a sight. Yeah, she climbed him. Oh, what you say? Right, that's, the, that's the rumor. Kind of a- allegedly, I'm not getting sued. That's the rumor. All right, we ain't but have Nash. He he was only the most profitable WWF champion of all time. Right? Yeah, it's like I started the damn rumor. You know, what do you think? I mean, for me, I'm not going to accuse. I'm just saying that the that the puzzle piece happens to fit in my opinion because yeah sometimes it was like really weird because the whole thing that was always said was that she was a huge wrestling fan so we got to believe one of two things when people say she's a huge wrestling fan it was more like the way people's grandparents are huge wrestling fans where it's like that era and those guys so like anything <laughs> else yes tunnel vision just wants hogan and you know because that's really at the end of it think about it isn't that kind of weird to you if you were a wrestling fan during the era of TNA, which you were, and I was, and you saw, you just got your first exposure. You're used to seeing it every week now, at least. You got your first exposure to like AJ Styles, for example, you know, his springboard 450, the freaking phenomenal forearm, the Styles Clash. You've never seen it because I've never seen it before that. You know, I guess we, I, we could count the faith breaker as far as the Clash goes. But, you know, your, your first experience with the Bucks, who they did have, who they did have, and all these other guys and these crazy spots and stuff that weren't really around too much aside from ring of honor and in japan and in the indies as a wrestling fan would you be like man you know what this product needs and needs vince russo and hogan <laughs> you know so the wrestling fan gimmick never stuck with me with dixie where it was like what the fuck kind of a wrestling fan were you where you had like the motor city machine guns and aj styles and christopher daniels and kazarian and all these guys and jay lethal and even austin creed and then you went and decided that what you needed was hogan and vince russo I mean, Hogan, at least that's wrestling. Vince Russo, it's like, so you want your show to suck ass? Okay. It's just, you know, when you look back at it, it always just felt like it was just pushed the WWE guys. You know, same thing with Kurt, which which I hate to say it, but Kurt is another name that has come up with this Dixie thing time and time again. And again, I don't know. So don't put that shit on me. But I'm saying if you float the sheets or whatever for years, including now that this this new information has arisen, including now it came back up. Where another name that comes up all the time when we talk about Dixie Carter living out MILF life is Kurt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's the reason I played the Booker T audio and let you hear that shit instead of me <laughs> saying it because it was like, right. yeah, <laughs> he's really going to say it. So Kurt, I'm not going to call Booker T no liar. I'm going to just tell him to list some names at that point. Maybe that's the reason why they did that angle where it turned out that she was not having an affair. She wanted to do. She didn't want to do reality. She wanted to do fiction. You know, the like with the AJ Styles member would just turn out that they were helping a junkie. But then it turned out he might be having an affair with her. It was like shit. I don't want to be in an affair angle. Quick, let's let's make up a junkie angle. You have an affair with her. Right. This is too real. I don't like this. Too real, right? 
<laughs> it hit too close to home for her. She almost gave away her fucking gimmick. I don't know. Allegedly. No one pinned that on me. <laughs> you know? Do you think that there'll be like a, a recourse for that though? Like, do you think Dixie or somebody from Dixie's camp is going to come forward because of what Booker T said and just be like, no, I didn't fuck any wrestlers? I mean, at that point, I would just be sitting there like everybody, you know, all they could, but I mean, the internet just will sit there like, liar. I kind of feel like when it comes to wrestling, things always come up in the future, no matter what. And it's just, there's a high probability that if it was really the way that it's been implied, that it was that eventually someone will say something like someone will be like, Hey, hashtag me too. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I should use oh. hashtag, oh. hashtag Dixie too. There you go. That's more respectful, right? Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Speaking of respectful, which means we're not speaking of respectful. It was an awkward segue. Your your boy who you were talking about, Marty Jannetty. It's Jannetty. Holy shit, it's Jannetty. I don't even know where to begin, man. <laughs> when I saw the sprinklings of this online, I'll never forget to tell you off air. Like, yo, it's going to be some shit. We got to talk about Marty Jannetty. So, uh, I was worried when I read the statement. Here's my, here's my deal. Okay. Whenever we read the Marty Jannetty stuff on here, it always sounds so far removed from reality that I always question maybe Marty Jannetty has somebody who's a good friend of his that trolls him and like he'll go out to a bar or something and he goes to take a piss and then the guy just grabs his phone and just says crazy shit. And maybe he's like Hogan used to be. Remember Balls Deep in Brook? Like the guy just doesn't understand what he's pressing or what he's doing. You know, <laughs> to a point, it's so, just like so with the uh, Marty Janetti stuff. I always figured some of this shit is just too crazy for it to be him, or he's just gunning for attention. So, for those that don't know, he recently tweeted out or Facebooked out or whatever about essentially how he went to get weed from a, a gay dealer that almost raped him. So he wound up murdering the guy and putting his body in the river. I'm paraphrasing what he said. So he goes on this podcast, the Boston Wrestling MWF. And I'm guessing what he does is he goes, <laughs> he goes out, he goes on this thing to, uh, to clear his name and to clarify what he said because he wants to be clear with people that he didn't actually say that he killed the guy. Now listen to this. I had to, I had to like excerpt a few pieces so that we could just get the parts I want you guys to hear, but I need you to really listen. And in your opinion, at the end of this, let me know, uh, if this helps his case or not. Now, now you're a 13 year old that almost got raped. So you, if I couldn't have handled myself, that dude would have raped me. I said he disappeared. Right. So that, what happened that, was, I didn't say I killed him. I said he disappeared. I worked at the bowling alley. I yeah. worked there. Right. It was called Victory Lanes. My, my Columbus, Georgia people, my homies going to know. Uh, I, I, I worked there. Yeah. And, and I worked around back and he was the front desk clerk, but I knew he had weed. He always, he always, you know, he was always had weed because yeah. I always used to laugh a lot on weed. I still do. Okay. Still do. I don't smoke it no more. Right. <laughs> so, Let me go ahead and tell a lie. <laughs> I don't, I don't smoke it anymore. I was smoking any less, as Davey Boy Smith would say. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, he he was known to you know sell the weed. What I didn't know is he lured in a little kid. I didn't know none of that. So, all I know is I want to get me a little bag of weed, smoke it, laugh like hell. That's all. We started in his car in the front parking lot. Okay. We got in the car. 
and you know, about the you know, you, you gave me the bag of weed. Mm-hmm. Um, but he reached over and, and grabbed me down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, What's this? And I was like, Nah, 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 nah I'll jump back. And, and I don't want to say his name was Bob, but um, he we used to make fun of him because we knew he was gay. It was known he was gay. Mm-hmm. He just never touched me before. And, and I say to Bob, that was his real name. Yeah. But we always said, cause he would Bob and he would kneel, you know, he'd get on his knees, I got you. Bob and Neil. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, it was known, but I did not expect, cause I knew it wasn't the first day I met him. Right. I knew him. That's how I knew to get the weed from him. And, 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 we're in the car and he grabbed me there and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, no, no. I got nothing against gay people. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my friends are gay as hell. Pat Patterson. But, but I, I, that don't bother me. Names. Just don't push the issue <laughs> on me because I'm not that way. When I say grab me, he, he really, he gently fondled me. <laughs> he reached down and he goes, what's this? You know, it was my, 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 my dick and balls. And, and I was like, no, no, Thanks no. For clarification. I, I wouldn't get out the car. And he, he got he got mad. He got angry. And he came around. He jumped out the car. Came around and he grabbed me by my hair. Uh, even though I was thirteen, I was already into sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was big. He was a big old boy, maybe six man. foot. Yeah. yeah. And when he grabbed me by the hair, I couldn't get away. I'm like, you know, get, but I couldn't get away. He drugged me back there. Oh, he he grabbed me you. by his car. Yeah. He grabbed me by the hair and by my shirt, which I was mad about because we didn't have money when I was young. Yeah. We never had money. But um, it was a new shirt. And he's fucking got it. He's got me by the shirt and he's got me by the hair. And he's dragging me to the back of the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And, and he got me back there and he threw me on the ground. And remember, I'm 13. This is a big old boy. Right. right. I'm 13. He threw me to the ground and he tried to, he was starting to unbutton. He was trying to take my pants, you know, pull my pants down. Well, and how did you wind up getting away from this man to avoid being fully victimized? Um, I, I probably don't need to say this, right. but there was, there was a brick laying there. Right. They letting this fucking guy, I don't give a shit fucking how big he is. He ain't going to fucking, you ain't fucking me. And I was scared. I, I won't lie. I was scared. I can't say he deserved to be killed. Uh, I, I, I didn't say I killed. I'll him. say it. I, he didn't. I, I, I can't say he deserved to die, but he deserved to get his ass beat. And when I was beating him in the head with the brick, I was only trying to beat his ass. I wasn't trying to kill him. Did he ever come back to try and do it again? Um, I hate to say this because somebody told me not to do any interviews. TMZ wanted to get me in a couple of channel openers. Because of that damn post, yeah. And now they're gonna they're gonna do research, and and, and evidently they are. Uh, the one of my one of my sheriff friends, mm-hmm. he, he he called me. Goes, what did you do? I just know they're putting a warrant out to go arrest you. I don't know if he was even survival. I just know he's not getting up in my asshole. All right, he's not fucking me too. in the ass. Yeah. When that shit happened to me, mm-hmm. that. That hurt me, man. I, I was upset. Can you imagine driving, uh, dra- dragging a guy that just tried to fuck you in the ass? Can you imagine dragging him to the river and throwing him in and then finding out in the news this guy's missing? And you know, you know to do. And you know more than that. That fucking affected me bad, bro. It, it hurt me. And I, and I, and I made my mind up that day. Nobody, and it was daylight. He didn't even do it in the dark. 
nobody would ever hurt me again. And and that comes with jealousy. My girlfriends are jealous. I I can't stand jealousy. I can't stand jealousy. I can understand that. And I was just trying to let her know that maybe I shouldn't have went and said all that because I never told that. Because my brother Gino, um, bad boy, not, not one to mess with. And, and, and I could never could tell him because I, I know what he would have done if I told him, but I already took care of it myself. Yeah. He might've killed the guy if you told him, right? The fuck? <laughs> I like how, <laughs> oh, there was so much I like. I like how, uh, he so- stuttered when he got to the part where he was like, the guy didn't deserve to die. Uh, killed. Uh, I didn't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just hit him with a brick repeatedly and then took his body and threw it in the river and he turned up missing. I love how he said when I was hitting him with the brick, I just wanted to be his ass. I'm telling you right now, Lynch, if you hit somebody with a brick, you ain't trying to have them come back. And then he tried to get the sympathy. He turned babyface at the end. Can you imagine being a 13-year-old boy and carrying a body? Someone who tried to fuck you and throw it in the river. It was a heavy body. Well, and know, it was I a heavy brick. Imagine, I really <laughs> and it was a heavy brick even before the body. I had a lot of heavy lifting to do that day. It was I was rough. a strong boy, you know. <laughs> what the fuck? What is going on, man? I, oh my god, that's I, some dark shit, right? I, I would love it if he's working everybody. Oh, dude, it'd be the greatest yeah. work I've ever seen in my up life. An investigation and shit. This is not exactly True Detective season three. Oh <laughs> my god, you just gotta go to that river. Yo, I, the fuck. I got nothing. I, 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 <laughs> I, I haven't heard him in interview in years, and that's the reason why at the time of reading him, it didn't match what I was reading. Now it does. Yeah. Now I could, I could visualize this person. I can imagine this person tweeting those things. He was fucking crazy. Like, yeah, he was that, crazy. <laughs> I think that's what it all, I think that's what it is. The last few times we've talked to Eddie, there's been no audio. When you hear so it's him. just like so it's like you can still kind of like you're just like oh no it's too crazy and then you hear him and it's like no it's so in hindsight were those times that he would tweet about wanting to fuck his daughter because of how hot she was really him too yeah had it been at this point I it mean was typed the same way right if you go back and look at the way yes. he speaks and the way it was typed right he wanted to fuck his kid and he tweeted about it Christ Do you want to beat her up in a brick too like what the fuck dude I'm gonna have to start moving some of these shows over to the second hour we're gonna have to start doing like Warzone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, fucking Genetti's over Because we get people, people are used to this, but then we get the newcomers, especially being on the new platforms. I don't like what the fuck's going on in here. <laughs> <laughs> Holy it gets, crap. It's weird here, people. How are you? We don't pull no punches on here. We fucking, we talk raw, and then we talk Genetti. Like, we fucking. Yeah, no shit. It's weird, right? Lord, remember when the holster flows used to be the weird part of the show? Not anymore. Yeah, no. That's pretty normal, tame shit by today's standards. So, uh, you know what, let's intermission that and talk a little bit about wrestling, some of the weeklies that went on. I don't know if you, if you have anything that comes to mind. Oh, God. Uh, wow. It was kind of all over the place uh, this week, honestly. A yeah. little bit of something kind of everywhere and ev- anywhere and everywhere. But, um, I think you did tell me you got to see the uh, <laughs> the women's tag tournament from AEW, right? You got to see it with the first round? Yes, I saw the women's tag tournament. Oh, um, God. So it wasn't as bad. I heard some horror stories. I heard that this, first of all, I didn't realize that this AEW women's tag tournament is on YouTube. So you guys can just search for it. It's called the Women's yeah, AEW Women's it, Tag it, Team Cup Tournament, Deadly Draw. And even, and even to be more specific, it actually goes live 
live on YouTube an hour before Raw. Yes, which I just realized today. So I have not yeah. watched today's episode. I don't know if I would cover it. There's been shows in the past on during Talk Brunch's days where uh, they we, we these aren't our first 7 p.m. shows. And generally, we'll save it for a week because if people are tuning yeah. in live, odds are they didn't catch that yet. Yeah, uh, so definitely this one. We'll probably save that one for next week. So interesting. Shaw Guerrero was there, which I haven't seen yeah. her since FCW. I remember I used to see her all the time. I'm going to show you guys the introduction because she actually introduces a legend in Medusa. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Medusa! How about this, Medusa? A legend in women's wrestling coming out here to begin this tournament. Well, a legend is absolutely right. Like, the, the amount of knowledge and experience that she has, and for her to put her stamp of approval on something like this. Thank you. It is my distinct honor to introduce to you the first AEW Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. The Deadly Draw. All walks of life across all wrestling platforms. This is their opportunity. What makes a champion rise above and show the world what they are made of? Who will step up? Who will become allies? Can they work together? This is AEW. Still a great promo as always. Oh, sh- he hasn't lost a beat. Yeah, no, not at all. So uh, you have Tony Schiavone and Veda Scott, Ring of Honor's Veda Scott, surprisingly here doing the comedy. Yeah, game. I haven't heard her in so long. Mm-hmm. And the first match was Mel. If you remember Mel, she was the girl. She was like the Serena Deeb ripoff. She got her hair shaved to become part of the Nightmare Collective, who shortly afterwards disbanded. Uh, you have Mel and Penelope Ford being company with Kip Saban against the Nightmare Sisters, Ali and Brandy Rhodes, being accompanied by Dustin and QT. And uh, it was your average typical match. I mean, everyone, no one did anything particularly bad. Brandy, is, she has one of the ugliest spears in wrestling, which she goes over Mel with. Oh, uh, yeah, it's... Ugh. It's simply horrendous. I don't know what to do, what they should do with Brandy at this point. It Just don't bad. give her a jacket and really get worse. Yeah, she wouldn't be able to pull that one off. But yeah, the brandy stuff, as usual, is like becoming like the pimple on the ass of that company. It's just crazy. Uh, we had, and I don't know why you would have a women's tournament boasted with people like this and with somebody like Medusa coming out here and then have Ariane Andrew, aka Cameron of the Funkadactyls being one of your first shows with Nyla. I mean, Rose. So, I, mean uh, I mean, somebody has to get pinned and it can't be Nyla. Right, then pick anybody else, but not Cameron has no business yeah. even being there. This was against Anna Jay, who's now newly part of the Dark Order, and Ty Conti, formerly Tyanara Conti, when she was in NXT. And the most I can say is that no one in this match was any worse than they usually are, but it did absolutely nothing for the women's division. And surprisingly, the first match was actually better, and that match had Brandy in it. So Anna Jay and Conti go over. Yeah. What did make me laugh was, <laughs> and maybe it's because it was like a cartoon level of recoil. I think what was it? Uh, Anna, um, I think it was, you know, yeah, Cameron hit a split leg drop 
on one. I think it might have been um, Ty Conti. And Anna rolled over with a snap, with a snap neck breaker. And it was just, it was the recoil. It made me laugh so much. And that was the finish, too. I don't know why. Because I guess they were put, they were put in like her face got like bounced into her knee. Mm -hmm. That was, that was the finish of that match, too. That spot that you're talking about. Let me see if I can find it for you. It makes me laugh every time I see it. Like it's fucking. She snapped back like a fucking cartoon. It was magical. Yeah, you're talking about right here. Oh my goodness. It was beautiful. Look at the fucking snap. Yeah, it was alright. I don't know why it's so funny to me. Yeah. So they have this post match stuff, and Brandy comes off as a cocky heel with Allie being the baby face. Change from before where it sort of made her seem like she was the uh the gold digger with trying to get into the road family with QT Marshall, which still doesn't make sense because he's just a friend of the family. But uh this already does make more sense because fans already hate Brandy and they already love Ali. Let's just roll with it. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think, already, I think I was almost kind of the gold they went to work towards so. Yeah, and they already have that impression with Brandy, you know, where uh you know, she comes off as the kind like me, 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 I did it all. At least that's the perception yeah. publicly with her right now. So may as well go with that. Originally they had it switched though. So I'm glad that they corrected that. And as far as Vicky goes from what we're hearing, she spoke to Daily DDT and she said that uh, she retired from WWE in 2014. She signed her, a new contract with AEW without any hesitation. She said her focus wasn't to return to them to WWE because they had a lot of differences in opinions on things that were going on and if it wasn't going to be for AEW she doesn't think she would have been anywhere else but that when AEW presented that there was some opportunity she gave 100% of her whole being uh, and said that she was there for them and that she can't wait to be a team player with the company so Vicky's another person who I guess her eventually her tenure with WWE ended just because of the creative differences and the lack of fucking good creative over there I was about to say the difference being that she has creative and they don't (laughs) yeah pretty much but, I mean, it was kind of cool that from the beginning of that match, Shaw got to announce her mom to the ring. Yeah. Which, like, that's that's some cool shit. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, Shaw was in FCW. She was, uh, what was her name again? Was it uh, Raquel Diaz, I think, maybe? I think it was. Yeah, I used to watch it before it became NXT. And, yeah, she was she was solid on there. She had that whole, wasn't she the original queen of um, FCW before they, uh, she came up with I that believe she first, was. And, uh, I know she had a big role down there. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, good this to see her. Out. Yeah, very good to see her. Did you watch the uh, talk in Shopamania? Ah, uh, I never got a chance to see it, but I've heard so fucking much. Yeah, I'm not going to spend too much time. It was a trip, the entire thing. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> there were all kinds of different things there. They definitely made fun of the Boneyard match. This is one of those you had to see it to believe it type deals. Um, you had Ravens flock showing up there teddy long chava was on commentary at one point dilo brown came out and got a spot in rhino was there you even had chavo re- reviving his pepe gimmick willie mack was there brian myers hornswoggle the rock and roll express had a cameo like this thing was insane and it was very casual this was practically home video style uh stuff happening in this entire thing enzo showed up there and uh he he actually fit the casual atmosphere that they had going for this thing. I definitely got to say that much. Like his uh his whole attitude towards everything was pretty interesting. Yo, he so. is in unreal shape. Yeah, he's yeah, like he's three times bigger than he was when he left. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of co- if you if you enjoy the being the elite esque sense of humor, you will enjoy watching this. 
you know, and the, and obviously they do have a lot of their their funny gimmicks in there and the the sex character and all that other shit that they usually do. Uh, it's definitely different, you know. It's it was it was a low production value. It seemed like you were just at a gallows and Anderson barbecue for a lot of it. It's the best way that I could describe it. But if you if you like stuff that's just humorous, that was just made like just for the hell of it, then that definitely will be one of the things, you know. As far as the Enzo part goes, I'm going to bring it up here just so that you guys can listen. Because I thought this was a really good Enzo promo. It's a different energy from his normal promos, but you don't really get to see him in this light very often. Um, So give me a sec here. How you doing? Happy to be here. Uh, I forgot what I was going to fucking say. Yo, this is a fucking money hole. Just a money pit. Gallows ain't making a fucking dollar on this show. Not a fucking penny. I know it for a fact that he probably took out a loan and he's going to eat every fucking goddamn dollar that he put into this dump. I did witness the reason why this travesty is taking place is because... Gallows yesterday at one moment in the evening in the main event of the show that he threw on his own fucking property, lost all of his money on, that he put himself over in the main event on, was, all right, he didn't put himself, whatever, get it. Bottom line is, there was a dildo sticking out of fucking mud, there was fireworks exploding everywhere, and I've never seen anybody happier in my fucking life. And I don't know if I just gave away the main event, but... Yeah, I got the nod for the producers that I'm good. Uh, you know, I think I went over on my promo. I really don't give a fuck. Uh, I got screwed the second I showed up. Uh, it's exactly what I expected. Uh, I expected to come here and lose money, and that's what the fuck happened. I'm okay with it. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys this shit. That's it. That was great. You know, there's a lot of weird moments in this, man. That you yeah, that, that broke. <laughs> what the fuck? Like these two doing that freaking match that they did here. I'll let you look at it for a minute. Yeah, the imitation boneyard match. Kiss my fucking ass, two man. They have like a they have like a fake AJ Styles hand sticking out of the uh, out of the ground. Oh man, it is weird. Like I said, it's an acquired taste. It's only an hour and a half of your time, like so. You know. Oh, All right. Well, gonna have to set some time for that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. probably will. Oh my god! <laughs> Yo, his America ties killed me though. Like, Yo, even ends in the middle of this thing makes another camera. Look at this—the Rock and Roll Express with Enzo. You too proficient. You guys fucking. Hey, listen, I got zero done. Zero what do we got? Oh. What the hell? Wow. What the fuck? Let's go, let's go. He done ruined our fucking night. What the hell? (laughs) 
fun of the boneyard was really funny <laughs> the boner yard match what the fuck oh my god these guys are goofs like i said some I mean, of it you'll be like what the hell but then there's other things that you'll like you know that you're genuine definitely enjoy. seems like something they had fun with which at the end of the day that's about all you can ask for in this business nowadays yeah like i said teddy long was there Let's see if i can find a good teddy long part here I love how you said a good like that. Okay, there's more than one. We gotta pick the yeah, best one. There was a few Teddy Long parts in this. Oh thing. my god! There were at least a couple. Let's see if I could find one. Oh, there we go. Around here. Yes. Whoa! Holy shit! Is that Teddy Long? Yeah, I'm here playing. I'm here to get motherfucking paid. Now stay back, six feet. Oh man! Yo, that might be the greatest line I've ever heard him say. I'm here to get motherfucking paid. Stay back, six feet. Ah, oh, too funny, man. God. But yeah, we also hear that there's. They they're joking. I don't know if they're serious, but they're talking about talking Shopamania too, where they'll make fun of Raw Underground. Uh, I mean, let's let's be real. They wouldn't have to try hard. I mean, I guess I didn't think they were serious when they were talking about talking Shopper Mania one. So nothing will surprise me at this point, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. My God. So in other news here, yes, we're gonna bounce back to some news for a little bit. So Lance Storm apparently is now anti intergender wrestling. Did you hear this story? Is a whole, somehow this is getting a whole bunch of attention now. <sighs> God, I think the last time I heard about Landstorm. Jesus Christ. So, essentially what's happening, let me see if I can find the guy's statement here, Lance. Here we go. He said, I see some discussion on intergender wrestling matches again. In light of hashtag speaking out, I think these matches have to stop. I've heard from so many women who were uncomfortable doing these, but felt obligated to get booked because these matches were accepted quote-unquote norms. So, uh, what do you think of that? I mean... If you don't want to be a part of a match, you just don't take the match. Like, I kind of don't like the whole connecting that to a movement because as somebody who's watched intergender wrestling in numerous companies, it's something a little different. So it's kind of like, I guess it's a whole attachment to the whole speaking out movement thing all over again. Here we are back again. It's just one of those things where it's like, if you're not comfortable in a situation, don't do it. You know, like you could always you could like it's not to make it sound like it's so easy, but you can always get booked in another place. If an environment is not comfortable for you, don't be in that environment. And you know what? This goes back to the whole problem I had with the speaking out in the first place. I know it sucks to have to say and life isn't fair, but there has to be self-accountability when it comes to things that you do in life. And I don't think that uh, 
it's a good excuse. That's what makes life living. That's why it's not easy. And that's why you're presented with difficult choices. It's to me, and I know it's going to sound cold to some people, but to me, all that shit translates to all of the things that we talk about here translate to people not liking and not thinking that it's fair that they are obligated to make tough choices. And the reason I say that is because if you work in Hollywood and you come across a guy as powerful as Harvey Weinstein and he wants to finger bang you and he has a role for a big movie with Quentin Tarantino or with whoever or whatever happens and you don't feel comfortable, but you go along with it for your career and uh, you're scared to tell people that you felt he took advantage because he has a big influence and you might get exiled from Hollywood. That is a difficult choice. Mirroring that if you are a wrestler, female wrestler, and uh, you feel that a company is only going to book you based on your compliance in being a part of intergender matches and you're not comfortable doing it with X person or whatever, that is also a difficult choice. It is still a choice, though. I'm not saying it's fair because it would suck. There is a possibility. I don't believe it, but I'm just saying in this hypothetical world where that would matter to a booker, then it would be a difficult choice, you know, because uh, to be honest, as much as there's this intergender wrestling going on is as much as there isn't. And no disrespect to the indies, but where has intergender wrestling really been broken out in like AEW and WWE, even Impact? So we have matches every now and then. It's not in the spotlight. You could watch weeks, sometimes months of wrestling, and there's not a single intergender match. So it's difficult for me to believe that a promoter would be like, just throwing a name out there, oh, we could get Britt Baker, but she doesn't want to do intergender matches. I guess we won't be booking Britt Baker. Really? First of all, if you're doing intergender matches in in lumps at this point, you're probably not big enough to turn down people like that. And also... uh. If you're an indie person, I don't think that that also makes the, the, the woman not have to be in such a tight spot because are you really going to be exiled by this little indie company? You're worried that you tell this indie if it's small enough that it's doing that. Like, is it a problem? Who, what big company are you going to fuck your big breakup with right now? That's demanding you do intergender matches is what I guess I'm asking because that's sort of what's being spun here is that the reason why intergender matches need to be canceled is because people get uh pushed into doing it because they don't want to lose their spot in order for you to have a spot it'd have to be in a pretty big promotion otherwise you're just missing a date on an indie calendar is it that serious if you're that uncomfortable exactly so i don't think it should be really banned i really do think it's up to the people and i don't really think that there is this quote-unquote pressure of having to do it because i don't think it should quite frankly come up enough and in the situations that it does rarely come up, I don't think any of them are dire. Fucking Chikara ask you to do a fucking intergender and you're not happy about it. Then you don't work Chikara. But I don't really hear that happening very often. NXT, AEW, WWE, New Japan doesn't even have women there. So, you know what I mean? Like if, like who, who, you know, like who, who the fuck is it that that's doing it? AWE? Yeah. I, mean, I can't do a match in AWE because they want to do an intergender thing with Joey Ryan or, or who? Where? Okay, next indie. Moving on. Like, it's not that fucking serious. Yeah, exactly. You know, but this has caused a big debate on social media about whether or not it happened or, or whether or not it should happen. And to me, I really think it's, a, it's up to the individual. If people want to do it, do it. It's not something that's gotten over enough for us to be focusing on it. You know, Tessa Blanchard was one of the main people who was doing it because she had the title in TNA, you know, and, uh, 
we had that tournament in WWE, the Mixed Match Challenge that, that was Facebook exclusive. So that was a big uh, point. And it happens a lot in places yeah. like AAA and Lucha Libre. I know about that. Yeah, but, yeah Lucha Underground, they happen all the time. It was a regular the, thing. Yeah, but it's up to the individuals whether or not they want to deal with that or not. You know, and Everybody needs to get over themselves enough. We shouldn't take full accountability and choice away from people and just collectively decide yes or no. Collectively, because women are not comfortable making choices that they should be comfortable making, we have to now get rid of this thing. When in reality, it's okay because these certain women were just going to say no for everybody, even the ones who are okay doing it. Not being comfortable making a choice is a bad choice. You know? Best way I could put it. Yep. You got Austin Theory, who apparently it came out recently, according to Mouse, he was saying that he was quietly suspended, you know, for whatever the hell happened with the speaking out movement. So, uh, you know, this should backlash his people as far as this, this movement goes. But, you know, you can't just exile like intergender stuff. Like now men and women don't interact anymore. No more. Nothing. Uh, Anything can be interpreted as rape. Don't even try to make a pass at a woman or have any way to, you know, we're going to just banish the human species because we're not going to, women will never, men will be too scared that they're accused of shit to ever try to like do anything with a, with a woman they like or may give any kind of wrong signal that'll make them uncomfortable, cost them their career, their job, their social media reputation. That's what fucking no one touch each other. Everybody's hands up. It'll be like that song in the road to ship and everybody hands up. (laughs) Oh, write it down. Everybody hands up. Excalibur is going to be coming back while we're talking about people suspended and exiled. Excalibur, who was exiled, is now returning. Good. This is, he's going to be for the August 12th episode of AEW. I really yeah, you going to say, so just because someone has a nut allergy, nobody can have nuts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're all gone. Fuck, yeah, fuck nuts. Cash shoes. Every one of them. I'm going to eat a nut right now in defiance. See, I have nuts next to me. I'm shoot eating a nut. Uh, like, <laughs> delicious nut. Ha ha ha, I'm a rebel. Sure. Now I'm gonna lose all my followers because I ate these nuts. That motherfucker really grabs some nuts too. That's something. I did. Fuck it. I'm gonna have to wait till it drop because you put nuts in the in the program now. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really give a fuck about Excalibur either way. Like I've never been a fan, but you know, I thought that what he did was foolish being on a on a thing where he's just being he's playing a racist heel where he says the N word with the hard R at the end. And it comes up later. Because it was on a show. Because everybody somehow forgot it to work. That's the most racist shit I've ever heard since they were going to take Tennessee Lee. What was the name in uh, Colonel Rob Parker or whatever? Colonel Rob Parker. They were going to take him. Wait, wait, wait. And they were going to make him manage Harlem Heat. And they were going to come out in chains. Oh. In, in WCW. W-C-W. Out there. W-C-W. You know? Uh, yuck, yuck. Hey, what's up, man? But, uh. Hey. Really ridiculous. Recent news, this just actually came up, I believe, in the last 24 hours. Uh, Darby Allen is apparently divorcing his wife, Priscilla Kelly. I didn't even know they were married. Right? Yeah. This just came up recently. Whoever thought that we'd be talking about her again, right? You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's why Darby's so crazy. Maybe because he got a taste of the tuna. Yep. You want a taste of the tuna? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, so that sucks. I just found out yeah. about that, and uh, I believe she released a statement or something. Let's see. Yeah, some kind of state on the lengthy statement. Oh, great! It's lengthy. I can't wait. I don't think it's too too long. I mean, it's not just like a brief little sentence or anything. I'm bringing it up on the Tron here. Oh fuck! I'm gonna have to enlarge that one. 
the last few months has been extremely difficult and there's been a lot of questions, not only due to COVID and the loss of work for myself, but also due to the fact that Darby and I have been going through a divorce. There's been a lot of ups and downs, but we have come to the conclusion that we are just not compatible together as people. We are on great terms and wish only the best for each other. There are no hard feelings as we both understand this is what is best. I know a lot of you have supported us for a long time as a duo and we appreciate it so much, but this decision is what's best for both of us and our well-being. I hope to see him continue his rise in entertain in the entertainment industry and take the world by storm as he already is. As for me, it's time to begin a new chapter. Oh, I see it will be like an onslaught of women out there mad because she doesn't want to take him down and everything he represents. Yeah. Everything wrong with being on good terms. Yeah, it's better than some of the ugly shit we've seen in the past in the wrestling world, right? Right. We don't have to make a documentary about them. Oh my god. Yeah, you missed a lot of good shit, Willie. Man, Willie. You missed some Dixie Carter Mill faction. Oh, you must talk about Kevin Nash and the Ultimate X and the Ultimate Triple X. Oh, <laughs> leave the lockdown thinking a whole new meaning. Oh, that is great. All right, wow. Sadly, as you know, we have lost another legend. Yeah, man, this one, this one hit me hard. Yeah, Kamala has passed. Unfortunately, real name James Harris. You guys know exactly who he was. He debuted in 1978. He used to be Sugar Bear. Then went on to become Kamala for a long time. Was in a lot of segments. Was a staple of the 80s wrestling as well. And all over the place. Big name. Everyone's grown up with him. I mean, honestly, this one doesn't really surprise me. What if he went nah, up there in age nah. and have the best health? Yeah, he was 70. Yeah. But uh, he lived a good life, and he was definitely a big part of the industry. And uh, you guys knew he had his health problems with his legs uh, getting cut off because high blood pressure got out of control and, you know, all kinds of other shit. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to family and friends and all affected. And, of course, us here. Rest in peace, Kamala. Yeah, he was always fun, especially whenever they bring him back for cameos. It was always fun to see him come back. Yeah, yeah. Definitely good for the for the camera. The unfortunate yeah. news that came up since this uh, passing a couple of days ago, according to Jason King, uh, Kamala's wife is saying that uh, he tested positive for COVID this past Wednesday. And then he just had a heart attack and died. So uh, one of the ways he tested positive was he uh, he used to go regularly to a dialysis center. So apparently maybe there was someone there when he went to get his dialysis that was sick and he got infected and he just happened to be in that small number of people that when it hits you, uh, it has adverse effects. Because remember, it's not always just cold and respiratory. Sometimes it's instant death. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I don't even like talking about it anymore. But in certain cases, people just get taken out by it, which I'm sure you guys have heard of by now. Uh, especially, and we've talked about this before, if you have pre-existing health conditions, which he did. But it does suck. And this is the reason I keep saying wear a fucking mask, please. Yeah, don't it's listen to some hard. of these fucks like Austin Aries and Tyler Rex. Like, no, wear a mask. It's not that hard to keep your hands clean and wear a mask. It really isn't. And to me, the proof that it's possible to fight all germs with that, and no one talks about this, is that we flattened the curve when it comes to COVID in some places, but we've destroyed the curve when it comes to colds. How often do you hear about motherfuckers having a cold now that this is being enforced? Right. Because that means that people weren't taking these practices all along. The amount of people that are sick or with colds diminished drastically. 
once they started to have to take the hygienic practices that they should have always been taking, which to me further proves to me further proves that you can fight this kind of shit with just basic hand hygiene. And again, the amount of places that a virus can enter the human body are so limited. Aside from genitals, you got your eyes and your tongue. That's really easy, you know, when you really think about it, even if it's on your hands. And that's the part you got to remember. You can have a fucking deadly disease on your hands, on your fingertips, and it won't matter. We humans are miraculous, you know. It won't matter. It's waiting for entry. You wash your hands and it's gone. Soap kills that shit. The same thing with any, any illness. The only way you have to either lick or touch or eat something contaminated or put your fingers in your hands, prepare your own food, keep your hands clean, because there are people like him that do have pre-existing health conditions and it's just e- too easy to pass along uh, when you're in a, in a place like that. You know, and obviously the guy was old and we don't even know. It could be one of those cases where the COVID just happened to be there. He tested positive and the cardiac arrest is unrelated, but we don't right. know. And I'd rather know by not having that around. Melina, I don't know if you actually heard. Remember Melina from WWE? Not Melina from Mortal yeah. Kombat? Yeah. Wow. Just making sure you know what Melina was talking about. You had, you had to clarify that shit like I didn't know. Clarify what Melina. Her father actually just died from COVID. You know, she, uh, she put a tribute on Instagram for her father, which uh, you can go there and see. I'm not going to read her tribute. But, um, yeah, she recently revealed that her father died from COVID. So people are still dying from that kind of stuff. Don't think that it's over just because your area is clear, just because my area is clear. doesn't mean that there's still not chances that shit can happen. We are not out of the woods, so be careful, you know? Careful as you possibly can be. Yeah. Be careful. Ah, what do we do? Wednesday Night Wars? Wednesday Night Wars, right? I say Wednesday Night Wars. Wednesday Night Wars. All right, AW Dark. Ah, uh, just a few mentions here. I'm not, like I said before, I'm not going into detail with matches with you guys. You got poor Scorpio Sky, who he, uh, first of all, he kills some Owen 4 green guy. And then he complains about being Mario. called, he complains about being called the king of AW Dark. I don't remember what the guy's name was, but the guy looked really cut. Big, big, muscular dude. And I get that he was green, but man, you could just tell they are not pushing him because, um, Scorpio Sky kills him. He's complaining about being the king of AEW Dark. And he's talking about how he's the only person who's pinned the world champion and how, uh, you know, he, he, he's worth more than this. Uh, something I've noticed from this show is a lot of these dark guys are starting to get really ugly records. Like one guy came out with like an Owen four, you had like an Owen two, sometimes you like an Owen three there, and it's like they're winning anytime soon. And although they are, unlike in WWE, portrayed like more than just jobbers, as in uh competent competitors, where they have a match and there's a back and forth exchange and you know, there's a comeback and all that other shit that you would expect from a good match. Nonetheless, the one thing they do to WWE doesn't is they keep that record under the name and it starts to look bad when you got guys coming down the ramp 0-4 and 0-2 and 0-5 and some of them look good. But that record, I get it because they talked when they first made this company about how important the win-loss record was going to be. But when you really look at it, it only matters when you don't have a bunch of fucking jobbers coming down the ramp and your win-loss records look like shit. You know what I mean? And I am i don't really like the amount of jobbers I'm seeing on AEW Dark and I get that they want to give people more exposure, but now it's just becoming a throwaway show. Um... What else? What else? I can't get into the gun club, Billy Gunn and his son. It comes off too much like you like take your kid to work day. You know? <laughs> or in these cases, it's the kid's time to shine. So it becomes take your dad to work day, you know? And, uh, 
I don't know, these cool older dad hanging out with the kid style shit. I don't know. Like they, like this isn't Goku and Gohan. It's not selling like that. You know what I mean? Like his pants saying son of a gun. Like if they're trying to be like a cool anime father and son, which we have seen cool anime father son duels, this is coming off more like Popeye and son. Remember Popeye and son? Ever oh, seen that shit? No, I don't. It was a cartoon. Go look up Popeye and son. What the fuck? It was a cartoon in the nineties when they tried to revise Popeye. Oh God. And they would both eat spinach, but the son didn't like it because he was a kid. So when they did the whole, da-da-da-da-da-da, like when they do it, he'd, he'd eat it, but go, Ugh! but then they'd both power up. Oh, <laughs> I can just see it. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? I got fucked with that one so bad. Oh, God. Oh, I got to add that to the list of crazy shit I got to watch this week. It's a list. Holy shit. Now I'm looking for it too. Oh, here, okay, yep, it's going to happen again. It's the Golden Girls bit all over again. Fuck it. Popeye and Son. Oh, the Golden Girls. That didn't happen. That didn't happen on the main show though. That was on the Wednesday stuff. Oh yeah, it was. That's right. Oh shit. It was still magical. Is this the real the real show? <laughs> yeah, I found it. I don't remember being this corny looking. Oh, that frightens me. But that's what I think of when I see Billy Gunn and his son, Popeye and son, the short lived. It was early Saturday mornings, too, for anyone that didn't know. Oh, God. This is one of those early Saturday morning gimmicks where, that like, you're getting ready enough. for school. Like, if your life's not shit enough because you're going to school, you got Popeye and son on the screen while you're getting ready. Well, it must have been early morning. Who the fuck goes to school on a Saturday morning? But then again, I guess you had them extra classes. No, this was a Saturday stupid. morning. They, they, oh. we had, they used to be morning cartoons. You know what it is? I thought I heard you say Saturday, and I was like, wait a minute, what's Saturday? Yeah, I remember morning cartoons. It might have also gone into a syndication on Saturday, but I remember catching it mornings. Who knows? I can't tell you the, the what they got in the in the 14th, in the 15th or 49th demographic or whatever. I don't know. The oh. anyway, here we go. Shiver me timbers. Look what's coming up on Popeye and Son today. Ooh, God, looks exciting. Oh, God, God, God. What in the fresh hell? Does it not get like an intro or something? Like what the fuck? Oh yeah, see it does get an intro. Who the hell did the did this guy Brutus bang? I don't know. Oh, some other lady. So the other lady? See, he got he got some other random. He didn't get Olive Aha. He looks awful, doesn't it? I don't remember any of this shit. I just remember the son and him. This looks like that car- that cartoon. The only way you were gonna watch it is you caught it the second you wake up, and you're too early is to reach for the. Yeah, and for teenagers, they fucking wake up and bake cartoon, right? Quest said, "I remember this because he came after." See, look, he eats it. He doesn't like it, but he gets strong too because he's a son. This is awful. Still better than Billy Gunn and Son. (laughs) (sighs) Yes, I I did that to you. Good old Gunn and Son. (laughs) That'd be a way better tag team, wouldn't it? I was just going to get flagged in some locations for that nonsense. That's what happened to Facebook last week. (laughs) It was hating on my intro song. I know how it is. I see you. Oh, boy. 
we still have to talk about AEW, right? Yes, AEW Dark. So, what else do we have? We had uh, Janela. Oh, no, Janela. Um, like I said, I would be calling him because Janela looks like he's out of shape. He's starting to look like shit. He looks botchy out there. He, uh, I don't know. What? The one spot you told me about, I was crying when I saw it. Oh, where he, with the, the hot tag spot? <laughs> and then it with a lukewarm tag. Why does Janela look like that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He looks like freaking Dave Finley ate too much enemies. <clears throat> you know, like what's happening with him? Some motherfucker got a Janela top, goddamn. Not even a muffin top, but Janela top. Can I find that spot? I don't think I should waste any time finding it, should I? Yeah, worth it. <laughs> Kill me. All right, let's see. I will. <laughs> we will gladly eat up time for this lab. Yes, this is Jelly Janela. Yes. Like a built like an oatmeal cream pie now. Like, I don't understand. Like, do I even have that dark? I don't know. Like, I know we're in a quarantine, Joey, but Jesus. Do we have that dark? I have no idea if this is it. I might not have this week's dark. No, you know, you will find it eventually. I think this is it. Hard to do that, but my- it was a long fucking dark. That's the problem. Like yeah. These darks are getting pretty long. Yeah, I'll probably have no luck finding it. Well, I mean, hey, people go out there and watch it. It was a. Uh... It was an experience. Oh, wait. I think I'm coming across oh. it. <laughs> Did you watch when he almost fell through the ropes? Like, he fell through a floppy in the ropes and shit? Yo, I... <sighs> Yo, he looks terrible. Yeah, like, what yeah, happened, my guy? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly. Yeah, now this match has too much. I can't find the spot, unfortunately. Yeah, we tried. Yeah, go out there and watch these things, people. Hey? But overall, he just didn't look good in the match. You know. Did you say at one point, like, Taz, like, started corpse and how bad it was? Yeah. Like, you can see when he came through the rope, that just looks sloppy, and you heard Taz, like, kind of chuckle at it. You know, he was not like, 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 I think when you're talking, your voice breaks up a little bit because you start laughing. Like, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was not impressed with all normal jelly or Joey Janela. <laughs> what the fuck you just called? I don't even know. <laughs> Taz, at one point, I don't know if he was referring to the spot or if he was referring to Janela when he referred to slop drop action. <laughs> it might have been both. Uh, oh, Jack Evans God. also, he he botched a moonsault. He's lucky the QT caught him. Like, he would land on his head. QT caught him out of the air in a botched moonsault. Which is weird to see Jack Evans, of all people, botch something. Very lucky. Because it would have been the last botch oh, yeah. of his life. With the way he was coming down. I was like, ooh, you were lucky that this guy caught you. It would have been a one-man vertebraker. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Got to be careful. I think I might have found that. Yeah, here we go. This is probably it. I don't know why I was able to find that one so easily, but look. I was actually make this a little bit larger so you could get a good shot of this. And Jack Evans bringing off the middle. Oh, call, oh great. QT, good job catching that cross body. Look at this pickup. Look power. at the oh Crazy. Hard right? to do. To take Ooh. a human being's body, you know. It's hard to do. He like, yeah, he, he'll, he'll blow the shoulder out if he landed. Yeah. So... That was dark. Anyway, moving on to Dynamite. Uh, we had a 12 man tag match where, uh, Dax winds up getting injured, uh, during the match and it winds up taking all of the elite guys combined to carry him out of there for some reason. I've never seen that before. Like we have this 12 man going on. It's like, oh, the whole stable has to go carry him out, which winds up leaving Omega alone for a while before the yucks, the, the bucks eventually wind up getting back in. And, uh, you have the dark order. Um, aspect of things on this, on the other side of the other six men. And it does nothing for me. Like to me, they're props to tell a story of conflict within the elite. 
you know, with the forming of the friendship with FTR and Adam Page, and they just happen to need putties on the other side to sort of drive the story forward. Uh, because the yeah. only, uh, you know, because the only elite guy that left for good essentially was Page. So it wasn't really an injury angle, it was a loyalty angle, which is what they always do with Adam Page. And, uh, and yeah, you have that other sub story going on on the other side with Cole Cabana with that would he, will he or won't he with the Dark Order, but that's shitty. So I almost don't really count that as a story. And, um, then of course they do the thing with Paige that they've been making a habit of doing where he comes back and he saves the day, which is interesting how they kind of keep leaving it open ended because it always ends with like, it, it always starts off with him doing something where it's like, man, this guy didn't give a fuck. He's just going to go and drink his beer. But then at the end, he does come back and he does kick everybody's ass. It's not like at the end of any of these sequences ever. And because you weren't here, it failed. Like, no, usually no matter what, he comes back. He comes back holding the beer sometime, put, setting it down gently, hitting the buckshot ladder, fucking everybody up, clearing the ring. And then he takes the beer and leaves many a time. Yeah, so it yeah. always leaves you torn because kind of like, yeah, it was a dick move the way he left. But he was back in time and he conquered everything. He comes and shows up on a fucking horse. You know what I mean? Like He has a lot of saves. It, yeah. it kind of strikes me as almost like the I can fight with my friends, but you can't fight my friends type thing. Yeah, which is interesting. I like that he's not like outright like, is he going to turn? Like, yeah, it's probably going to happen. And they've been planting the seeds for a long time because they believe in long term booking, despite what Seth Rollins says, which we don't have time to play on tonight's show. I don't think that fans um can't handle long term booking. That's a shitty excuse. No, it's just we, we, we can't you handle I mean? short term Like, let's not fool ourselves booking. here. Like, now you guys are like just fucking making things up to try to justify being shitty. You know what I Which mean? Which I love how like, like he defends their long term booking. He defends that eye for an eye match. Yeah, t- Tyler Black is gone. Is gone. We just have Seth, some company boy Seth Rollins. He's saying that because of the instant gratification that people have, where you could binge watch TV shows and do whatever you want. Like that's the reason they have to book right away to do it because no one's going to have a long term story. And I'm like, well, you know what? Not for nothing, but the Adam Page thing. Whether or not he ever turns or not, but with him and Kevin Omega, that's been going on since almost the beginning of the company. And they keep yeah, it fresh and all the time. And guess what? That payoff is going to be magical because the booking was long term. And they keep the fans split because of the fact that he leaves and does things like that. Like this is another case where he didn't leave with a beer or anything, but he left to help the FTR guys. And you're thinking, man, he fucking left Kenny Omega here by himself, which they did deliberately. But then he came back and he cleared the ring. That being said, they did not win the match because they're still planting the seeds of doubt. As far as uh, what's going to happen, because there was a miscommunication with the super kick party. The Bucks are taking everybody out with super kicks. Um, they do that double team super kick, uh, snapdragon on Brody Lee. And then it was going to be the Buckshot Lariat, but, uh, Brody winds up avoiding it and Paige almost hits Omega who ducks it, which throws off their coordination. That split second confusion gives Brody Lee a chance to nail Paige with the clothesline from hell, essentially. Yo, that uh, was a, he's, Oh, I don't know if he sold the shit out of that clothesline or fucking just he hit him so hard. But holy Jesus, I've never seen a discus clothesline connect like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they lost, but at the same time, they hit a milestone within a day because uh, they became over 200 days as the tag team champions for AEW. Yeah. And it's not like they've just been sitting around with the title. They've been defending them. So. Mm-hmm. So the best friends arrive in Trent's mom. Mom's van, Sue. Sue's van. Did their chores, so they got the keys. They got to keep the keys to the van, which was so nice. Bob, boom. So later on, though, the best friends wind up beating uh, PMP, and Sue's poor van gets fucked up. Oh, they have to destroy it. As soon as I saw them arrive in the van, I thought, shit. And uh, <laughs> you know, you have PMP saying, "Tell your mom what's good," and then Trent comes out angrily with a promo, and he demands that after they beat Santana and Ortiz that they're going to apologize to his mom on speakerphone. So 
That was the greatest promo ever. That motherfucker was so intense. That was amazing. Yeah, that's great stuff. And the PMP, they released an action figure ad here. Hopefully this is not made, but it might be. Who knows? I've seen uh, weird uh, things get uh get over here. But apparently what we got here is Sue's van. As you can see, removable wheels, breakaway windshield, spray, wash, and respray your custom graffiti. Fits up to five AEW figures, six including Marco. Drive Trent. Oh my god, what? <laughs> Drive Trent and Chuck to the ring. Include sledgehammers and spray paint. Includes exclusive you know Trent's mom figure. And that's on the top right. You know what the bad part about it is? They had me sold when they say six if you include Marco. <laughs> I kind of want one now. I'll put it right next to my mic for showtime. Oh, It'll be my man. good luck charm. That is messed up. That is incredible. These dudes, man. So that feud is now a blood feud. He messed with his mom's van. That's oh, crossing God. the line. Gotta be the car keys on the whole match. MJF continues his campaign treating people like shit. Uh, he has this one intern who didn't have the poster leveled, and he comes over with the uh, scale thing or whatever, and he shows that it's unleveled. And it's one girl who's trying to, I guess, be his campaign manager, and he gets on her for not smiling. Uh, He's such a douche, and it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Matt Hardy is doing a promo as a regular Matt Hardy, and he's talking about uh, Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara tries to ambush him. But he expected it, and he, even though he's not in gimmick, he does the whole Sammy. I knew you'd come to turn around with the two of them going into brawls and what becomes a very violent brawl, which I'm going to show you guys some of them. We're going to talk about a few things that went right and a few things that went wrong. Oh, yeah. See how bad that looks. That's where he gets busted open, friend. But I'm gonna look oh, yeah. so you guys can see here. Opened up. That's rough. So apparently what happened, according to Mouse, was that there were two chairs out there. And one of them was the traditional folding chair. And the idea was that Sammy would throw it and it would be like the Sabu. It would be like Sabu and Matt Hardy was supposed to, with him being able to get his arms up. But uh, it was supposed to be a chair shot with no blood. But in the heat of the moment, Sammy was excited. He looked around. He couldn't find the folding chair. So instead, he found one of the really heavy chairs, which was a totally different kind of chair. And he panicked and he wound up throwing it. And he busted Matt open, who needed 13 stitches. For anyone who was wondering exactly what the hell happened, I'm going to share this with you in the chat room as well as on social media. But yeah, that is brutal. Oh, yeah. You know, that is crazy. Uh, yeah, did hear uh, AEW. He, he did. They described it as heat, but it was more like AEW gave him like a stern talking to him like, hey, you have to be a lot more careful. No, that should be heat, not for nothing. I like Sammy Guevara, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. but it's like, what the fuck's going on in the world? Like, with all the things that I'm seeing people get their finger shaken at for, for all the bad things wrestlers get suspended for, that should fucking be heat. Like, that's that's the kind of, like, we've lost our way in the wrestling world, where it's like, the kind of shit that you get suspended and in trouble for that they take really seriously, and the kind of shit you should get in trouble for they don't. Because, yeah, that's fucking, that's not good, man. Yeah, you take, know? take a few extra seconds to look for that chair. Yeah. 
you know, or or fuck the spot. It's it's not as important as the, as your opponent's well being. You know. My gosh. See, here's a different angle here. No. Oh. oh. Shit. Not good. Not good. You know. Like I said, I found that to be a little bit careless, and uh, well, more than a little bit. Like you know, you just don't do that. And uh, yeah, the Matt brings out a table, but then the tables literally get turned on him, and and uh, he winds up. Uh, I guess Guevara. That was like pretty nasty. I guess four fifty would it be, or I don't know what the hell. It, it would looked be. like he was trying to go six thirty. Right, something. Like but that. the angle was just kind of. It didn't. He didn't get it as perfect as he wanted. He got almost a full rotation, but it was just like he turned slightly. Yeah. So after this. Matt Hardy released a statement for Sammy Guevara. I'll get up here now. You ever have those moments in life where it seems like time stands still? I had one of those. Last week, AEW Dynamite, when I'd gotten to a brawl with that little weirdo bitch, Sammy Guevara. And after eating a ring post and coming back, I remember being placed on a table. And then it seemed like time was standing still. Everything was in slow motion. I remember seeing an object, a chair that was open, come flying at my face. And in my mind, I was thinking, that's no average steel chair, folding chair that you see in pro wrestling. No, that's a three or four times heavier, heavy-ass, industrial-grade chair. That's what's flying at my face. And I tried to pull my arms up as fast as I could, but they felt like they weighed a million pounds each. And I couldn't quite block it. The chair got through. And I remember it exploding my forehead, and then my world went black. Whenever I woke up after that, I was lying in the remains of a broken table, and blood was coming out of my head like it was Niagara Falls. Sammy, that literally could have killed me. Congratulations. You're going to go down in pro wrestling history as the guy who threw the most dangerous reckless vicious chair shot in history but that's not the only thing you're going to hold when you go down in wrestling history you're also going to go down as the person who had the most potential unlimited potential but never lived to realize it because now it is my mission it is my duty sammy to end you and not just physically hurt you it's my mission to rid you from this business because you don't deserve to be in the same industry I'm in. You don't deserve it. You see, I'm sure you live life every day, very easy-go-lucky, you know, day-to-day, whatever happens, you're a young, single guy. Not me. When you put my life on the line, I have a family. I have a wife. I have three young kids that depend on me every single day. You took a chance on ruining my life. People promotions they've been trying to kill me literally and figuratively for the last two decades but they don't succeed do you know why because i don't die 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 you say the same okay the immortal matt hardy you know what i'm saying like he went from matt hardy to morgan hardy like yeah so that happened and uh good old rebby Got the privilege of uh, removing Matt's stitches. No. Oh, that must have been fun. Probably the, not the first time she has to do that. The wifely duties of uh, of a wrestler. I'm gonna. Didn't Dustin 
wash my hands. And of course, she, on top of having to remove his stitches, if you know her, she had a few choice words about the entire situation. I don't have to even tell you that. Uh, one of her tweets was fucking dumbass. And the other tweet was, I'm going to destroy that bitch, and then my bitch will destroy that bitch too. <laughs> so, uh, I fucking love Remy so much. Yeah. <sighs> Didn't Dusty used to say, like, Back of the day, like that was just a thing when it came to like wrestlers' wives. Like you just learned how to do shit like that. Yeah, but like I said, as much as I wasn't, it was you got to be careful, man. Yeah, I mean that's fucking dangerous. Uh, Matt Cardona and Cody—they have a match against those Dark Order dudes. I don't know which ones they are. Like I said, these—they're great bump machines. I give them credit. These Dark Order guys—they're all—they're all great. Whichever one, they're all interchangeable, but they're uh, all—they're all bump machines. What's up, Playboy T? You know. See, you know. Like, what's your thoughts when it comes to all of the Dark Order guys? I mean, at this point, when it comes to them, I'm just happy to see a faction that's more than just, like, three people that break up in a week and a half. But, uh, yeah, I mean, besides, I think, like, Evil Uno and, like, Stu Grayson, it's just a bunch of bump machines, yeah. Yeah, they they need to do something. And when you're not known, you probably shouldn't have a mask, not for nothing. These ones are different, though, because these are the only ones that, like, they come out without their mask and then put the mask on. Right. But so these, because these particular two, this is the only reason I know him. It was uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver this time out. Yeah. Well, like I said, none of them really stand out to me. And uh, I'm still trying to get open minded about the whole thing because I like the, the idea of the gimmick. But, you know, they don't have enough star power in it. You know, like it basically become like jobbers in disguise. You know, you just they see different yep. people with different color masks and vests yeah. and shit. Uh, I think I stay with. I think I stay with it just because I see the effort and potential there. Like I see the potential to actually do something. Yeah, we'll see. Cardona does go over with what was formerly known as the Rough Rider, now known as Radio Silence. I like that name. Yeah, he looked good. He looked fantastic. Like. Yeah, yeah, they definitely. Yo, I, I'm sitting there like I forgot you were this good. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, there there are certain things that are that look good, and like you know, Zack Ryder never got a proper push where he was, and now he's getting something. You know, so that definitely is cool. He, he won't be punished for getting himself over here. He'll be rewarded for it. Yeah, which we're gonna get into people getting punished for getting solo. Not so much punished, but just them being dicks about when people try to do their own thing. Uh but Matt Cardona, he did give a post interview here, which I'm gonna get up on the screen in a minute sorry i'm going really fast so things are yeah not going as fast as i am but i mean while you're doing that um as you're going up the ramp uh i kind of like how this basically was a, it was a dark storyline that wound up transitioning over because uh as they were awake they were making their way through the tunnel scorpio scorpio sky approaches cody and basically in a sense challenges him for the tnt championship right here we go Matt, you and Cody picked up a big win tonight yeah. on Dynamite. How did it feel to be in the ring? Uh, felt great. First time in the ring since March. Uh, I used that catchy hashtag, always ready. But tonight, I had to back it up. And last week, um, you know, it's no secret. Cody and I, we're great friends. In this business, you have so many acquaintances, but very few friends. And Cody has my back. Last week, I had his back. And now that I'm here, uh, that's right, I'm here. We're going to have each other's backs way more often. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the A show, kid. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, and 
the better show, I guess. If, let, let, let's the be real. By they're in the competition, this is the A show. Yeah. So uh, we're having this debate, this Jericho Orange Cassidy debate, and they bring in freaking Eric Bischoff. Easy E. Yeah. Back E-Z-E, on TNT. As he used to be called back in the day. Jericho really brought me back when he referred to him as Easy E. Why does this rematch mean so much to both of you? Well, the reason why the rematch means so much to me is... Hey, Chris, shut up! Shut up. Chris, I know what you're doing here. I know what this is. I mean, you scheduled a debate against a guy who doesn't talk. It's pretty smart. Just trying to embarrass me, right? Yeah, yeah, Uh, I am. Try embarrass me with all this? Mm-hmm. I'm not embarrassed, Chris. I don't care. I don't care about you, but I do care about next week. See, I care about that match. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's the biggest match of my life. Yeah, right it is. It's also the biggest match of your life, too, Chris. Really? Can you imagine, Chris? I mean, you're Chris Jericho, man. You've done it all. All the things that we can Google later. But I'm telling you right now, Chris, what if this? What if Chris Jericho loses to the guy that puts his hands in his pockets? I want you to look at me, Chris. I want you to look into my eyes. And look at the man that is going to embarrass you. And next week, look at the man that's going to beat you. Wow. He's a good promo, too. Yeah, he's a good wrestler, good promo, good everything. Yeah, I'm glad he wasn't in WWE. They would have gone too far with the orange shit. You know, he would have been in a giant orange suit by now and had a pineapple girlfriend. They wouldn't even have changed it. He was just been a completely different thing. He'd been like Tangerine Tim or some kind of bullshit. Yeah, I like when they asked him the global warming question and he had like a really elaborate answer. And, you know, did they? Really good stuff for him. They, they, they did a really it was good so job. funny. Excellent. Like if We're, you're going to throw something crazy like a debate on there, that's how you do it. Yeah, we have Reba who had a match against Big Swole where this entire match Reba's pretending she can't work and getting killed by Big Swole. Uh, you know, okay. her c- character can't work, I guess. Rebel can work. Reba can't. Yeah. Moxley versus Darby has an MJF interference. And Moxley winds up having to put the kid to sleep uh, after um, he hits his body with like a gut style pile driver. And then he still kicks out, you know, so he, he picks yeah. him up and he hits him with like a death rider to finish him off finally. Yeah, because uh, MJF wanted to interfering because in an interview earlier in the night, Somebody basically said, well, what happens if Darby Allens? And he's like, if Darby wins, he'd be like, well, no point in watching the match because we all know I'm not losing to the emo kid. So he basically tried to make it in a sense so then it was going to be him versus Darby. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it wound up completely backfiring on him. Yeah. So Moxley had some stuff to say after Dynamite finished. Which I've yet to hear, but I have here. Let's see what we got.
That kid's got balls. That kid's got heart. And it's a little scrambled in my brain right now. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but I got a pretty good idea. There's a kid out there with no heart. And even if he did, it stops beating real soon. He's a dead man. Good old Mox, the Moxster. Yeah. Good to see him just get to let loose on some of these promos. They're trying to be all hokey and funny. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, he, he said in a promo earlier uh, in the night when talking about the match with Alan, pretty much saying like how in his old days, he used to basically never know when to stay down. He told Darby, even though you're not going to listen to me, when it's time to stay down, stay down. And that's why they had to finish because it was in a sense Darby not knowing when to stay down. Yeah, exactly. Because we've always seen Darby can take insane amounts of punishment so very well done very well done so uh during this past week after dynamite went off the air uh cody had an interesting challenge proposed to him which i'm going to get up on the it would now. be one hell of a story for jtg to challenge, to challenge cody. cody you challenge him you're on you're on zoom right now you tell cody what you want to tell go cody. ahead jtg the floor is yours american nightmare i know you saw it the world saw it, and you haven't responded yet. You you little silent over there. So now, this is me, you, face-to-face. I know you're watching. JTG, the urban legend. Cody Rose, the American Nightmare. Let's make this happen. I planted the seed. Let's give the world the fruit that they want to see, that they want to taste. JTG versus Cody Rose. Let's do it. Cheer. Well, would you be down for that? I mean, shit, they let fucking uh, Eddie Kingston do it, right? You know what I'm saying? If Eddie Kingston can get it, damn it, JTG can get it. Yeah, give him a shot. If we have the door still open, I'm not agreeing with the open door being this open. But if it is, then yeah, JTG, sure, give him a shot. Why not, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I think cases like JTG would signify how cool the open door policy would basically be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're gonna get into the ratings after we cover NXT. But that being said, this ratings war is gonna have to be put on pause for a few weeks because, uh, as you guys know, this is TNT. This is Turner Broadcasting that we're dealing with here. And the NBA is now back in business. So the inevitable time has come where they're going to prioritize their sports over their wrestling. So that being said, the August 19th episode of AEW is going to instead be an August 22nd episode, Saturday at 6 p.m. The August 26th episode will instead be on Thursday august 27th so the following day at 8 p.m same time slot for the august 26th but one day away so that means uh nxt they're gonna have like a a free week there in that sense where uh you have the AEW guys on their own time slot so it'll be interesting to see how it affects the ratings when the fans don't have to choose on wednesday or thursday between the two brands also september 16th dynamite's gonna be thursday september 17th instead 8 p.m so Again, whenever the basketball games, you know, there's a sports network here uh, that's going to happen. Th- these things are going to get bumped up. They're also uh, they're also going to have uh, All Out on September 5th, which is going to be a countdown to that show, uh, which will, I guess, it'll lead into the show, as well as the Dynamite on Thursday, August 27th. And, uh, yeah, like I said, they're going to be doing two shows in one week, according to Melissa, which he says is going to be interesting because the Wednesday night show is going to get pushed to Thursday. You know, and then you got the Saturday. So, again, we'll keep you updated as it happens. It'll be less complicated as we get to the weeks that it's happening. It's not affecting us in the immediate, but in the next upcoming week after that, as we reach closer to SummerSlam. That being said, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the party game zone on those. If we'll still have them on the Wednesdays where there's no uh, 
for those of you who follow the stream that if, when they, if there's no uh, thing there, if we'll be moved to Thursday, we'll, we'll take that when we get there. Yeah, figure that out down the road. Yeah. NXT, uh, let me think. Anything I want to talk about NXT. Rhea Ripley, her looks improve, not just the blonde hair uh, suiting her more, but I like the attire and the blue and black costume scheme looks a lot better on her. Yeah. Uh, good job with Dakota Kai reversing the Riptide into that DDT. Really solid looking. Uh, Mercedes Martinez winds up attacking Rhea uh, from the outside, and then Kai goes over with the GTK. Uh, despite Mercedes' interference, uh, Kai was holding her own in this, and I'm glad they made her look strong without uh, sacrificing Rhea Ripley, who seems to be on the decline either way. But they're making it a soft decline. Bury her softly if you're gonna do it. Not a, you know, not not. Yeah. Let it be. Don't let it be clean. Could could have had nice things, but no, we had to fear to Charlotte immediately, and now it's all fucked. Yeah, apparently uh, Rhea has a busted nose. Yeah, which, she got her nose busted apparently at some point during this. Yeah, which that sucks. So I'm gonna bring that up now. A little post interview with her after her busted nose. Ripley is back, 100% focused on the NXT Women's Championship. <laughs> She is the nightmare of the NXT Women's Division. Oh, and a steam and a face wash for Ripley in the corner. I mean, this is a brutal, brutal affair. It's all the challenge for the NXT Women's title against Io Shirai at TakeOver 30. My big noggin went straight into the shin of Dakota Kai, and it just stopped bleeding everywhere. What the hell is Mercedes Martinez? And the official never saw it. A drive-by attack by Mercedes Martinez. The newest acquisition of the Robert Stone brand just ruined Rhea Ripley's chance of challenging for the title again. Not being the one to go into TakeOver 30 and try and attempt to get my NXT Women's Championship back. It's upsetting, you know? Like, we all want to win. We love to be winners. Like, I'm very competitive. I want to win. After all that Ripley went through in that grueling match with Dakota Kai, it's Mercedes Martinez rubbing salt in the wound. I thought I was done with them. I, I truly did, but I guess not. So we'll see where this goes. And I mean, I'm trying to look at the bright side. Hopefully, I can punch Robert Stone in the face again, and maybe throw him in a dumpster because that Muppet deserves to be in a dumpster. My day will come, and if it's soon, cool. If it's not, I just gotta keep scratching and clawing to try and get there. Sucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you had uh, Ridge Holland became part of this. What was it? A match with Damian Priest, Oni Larkin, and they introduced Ridge Holland, who makes his debut here. Yeah, Ridge Holland um, from NXT UK. Do you know much about car guys? Uh, uh, I've seen the guy work quite a few times in NXT UK. Always been entertaining from when I've seen him. So to see him get this opportunity for somebody who highly supported those guys, it was really cool. So he gets this dramatic intro. And uh, then when the match starts, everybody gets this heavy, intense shit in. Like Lorcan and Priest are just doing this heavy, in- all the heavy, intense offense. Except the one guy that's debuting with the dramatic entrance. The, uh, you know what I'm saying? I was like, and what then, the fuck uh, happened? And then Priest goes over Lorcan with the reckoning. And uh, 
I don't know. It was, uh, unfortunately, Lorcan, obviously, he's the NXT job guy still, but the Holland guy didn't look too good either. Like, it was, if you're going to job Lorcan, who you're jobbing regularly, you can let the Holland guy go over. Priest doesn't need to make the cover. He won't look bad if he's just outside of the ring and he misses the, he misses the, the pin. You know what I mean? It's like, there's one way. So you're de- debuting the Holland guy, who I don't know shit about. You've seen him before. I haven't, but you're debuting him to people like me who've never seen him before. You have this opportunity where either way, Lorcan's going to get jobbed out and Priest doesn't need it. And you could have him go over. And instead, you just have the fucking guy debuting just out there, and he misses the pin. So it's like the, the only Holl- thing I could think of is like, okay, Holland just got here. Why are we just throwing him in a championship match? But then again, they've done that with people before, so it doesn't. It's like there's no good way to make that look. The Holland guy didn't look too good either, though. You know, like aside from a couple, a couple of the belly to back suplexes. If the point was to make just Damian Priest look good, mission accomplished. You know, I'm not saying that's not what the point was, but I'm just saying you bring in this guy, he has dramatic intro, and then he doesn't do anything. You know, yeah. And then afterwards, it goes off with them talking about how he's promising. So it's just weird. Uh, Keith Lee versus Trevor Lee, the Battle of the Lees, or what the hell is his name now? Um, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. No relation to Rick Grimes. See, he's always taking somebody else's last name. That's his gimmick. Um, we listen. All that matters about this, he did a good job, and then tra- Keith Lee obviously had to put him down. But then we finally, my favorite thing of NXT, we got the Hoopla Hottie chanting in Latin now. Is she chanting in Latin? Is that what she does? Was that like I a, guess so, a hoopla so hottie Latin chat? Somebody found so somebody found me the somebody found me the phrase for hoopla for are you ready for the hoopla in Latin? She uh she comes out in glowing light and she chants in Latin. These hoopla hotties are revolving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just scary. Are you ready for the hoopla? The hoopla has evolved. We need to go back and look at some <laughs> of the contestants it down, of the, the hoopla has evolved. We have to go back and look into some of the contestants of the the diva searches in the past. Maybe they're sucky by now, right? Oh my god. Ah. <sighs> The Phantasma dudes were beating Brazango and they were dragging them out like they're garbage to send the message to Swerve Scott, which sucks because I really like the Brazango guys. But one, and ironically, you know, Tyler Breeze, who was someone who was highly protected in his run in NXT as champion, is just being treated like dog shit here by, by these guys. Uh, that also happened. We also had the Pat McAfee thing, which I told you guys from the beginning it was a fucking work. <sighs> So funny that Pat McAfee, he's being presented like the heel against Adam Cole. Like he's making all these small he, jokes. He, even worse, he's being pretend, pretend he's being basically, pre, pre, what, what was the word? I fucking. Pretentious? Pretentious. He's being pretentious like he's fucking even matters in this. And it's not just the guy who sits there and looks funny with a mic. Yeah, like they even selling it that Beth Phoenix didn't feel comfortable out there. So while he's out there, she walks off. Then she tweets later on. She says, the truth is that a lot, a lot that Pat said behind the scenes, too, that I choose not to repeat. I'd heard enough. Pat McAfee was was disparaging towards Adam Cole on a level that was unprofessional. Pat shaming Cole in such a way is not acceptable. Shame on you, Pat. So they're really trying to work this shoot angle in there, right? Beth Phoenix walks off. She puts out an angry fucking tweet. Uh this is like I said. They're putting their. This is when I've I've said it with the CM Punk thing when he sat at the top of the ramp and everybody was like, "Oh, he was shooting." And it was like, "Yeah, the, what what we call that in WWE is when they bring out the good writers for something." That's but at shooting. least that that's was like when your parents. That's like when your fucking parents bring out the expensive china. You know what I mean? Like this, that's all oh they did. God. This is the same. They're working still, but it's just they. But you know, you know the sad part about it. it is, if Pat uh-huh. McAfee the expensive china, holy shit, do people are cheap? Yeah, is it McAfee or McAfee? I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah. He's done born enough for me to care. Yeah, uh, luckily I remember his first name. Yeah, Triple H appeared on uh something on some ESPN extra show or something, and this is what he had to say. From the WWE and NXT, we have a big takeover pay per view 
in a few weeks, August 22nd, NXT TakeOver 30. My call out to Pat McAfee is, put your money where your mouth is, let's see how bad you are. Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole on that stage, massive match. Let's see what you got, Pat. You think you're the tough guy? There's going to be no pads. There's going to be nobody kicking the ball. There's just going to be two guys, one-on-one, going at it. And my bet, my bet is that while Pat can run his mouth well, and I'm sure he's a tough guy, that he walks out with Adam Cole's boot sticking out of his butt. What's interesting to have this whole babyface run for the freaking Undisputed Era now, right? So, at this point, y'all fuckers might as well go all the way and have Pat, what's his tits win? But uh, two, uh, y'all got 11 days to stop trolling. All right. What do you mean by I refuse to believe that they will have Adam Cole coming off of 403 days. Right, Pat, Ma- champion. Right, right, Pat Mac- McAfee. I fucking refuse to believe it. I like tempt me, Triple H. I'll tap the fuck out. I swear to God, I will tap faster than you did at WrestleMania 20, motherfucker. Don't play with me. Yeah, man. I personally always decline when my shit tries to install McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously? Is this what we're doing? So, I hate to dampen the mood more, but Mac- McAfee. I'm sorry for the delay in this. Oh, response, fucking obviously. I am mid-honeymoon with my wifey, and we were riding jet skis all day out there. Flocked by dolphins on either side. It was like a school of fins, they say. Had to keep my eye on the wifey because allegedly dolphins get a little handsy around the ladies. That's neither here nor there. Let's get to the topic that needs to be discussed. I thought about it all day while I was on that jet ski. I hit a sick donut on the jet ski and all I could think about was this morning on get up when Triple H a guy that I was a fan of as a child looked up to mentor good conversation good relationship I thought we had on my show a couple of times was talking to Mike Greenberg legend mentor friend guy enjoy all those things on get up and they were talking about me they were talking about me and what happened last night where that foot bang 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 kicked the game jaw knocked him out because I was pushed like 45 times I was disrespected in my studio I was disrespected in their studio the guy's a maniac we even made up in between the two different disrespect sessions there the one where he broke the microphone and the headset in my studio and pushed my friend Ty who has colitis and then the one that happened last night you saw where he assaulted me with a bottle we made up in between there thought we understood each other a little bit more but he blew a gasket and now triple h goes on get up with mike greenberg and starts talking about how adam cole wants to challenge me to a fight at nxd takeover 30 on august 22nd that's two weeks two weeks two weeks to fight a guy who's been wrestling for 12 years a guy who's the longest reigning nxd champion a guy who's been there, done that with everything. What have I been doing? Oh, I don't know, kicking off Super Bowls. Running businesses, podcasting, radio shows, merch companies. Being a stand-up comic. Taking care of every one of my family members and my friends. And figuring things out as I go. Two weeks is not a lot of time to learn how to keep up with somebody who's been doing something for over a decade. But two weeks is enough time to find enough anger inside of me, to find enough motivation 
to beat the shit out of Adam Cole. I'll figure it out. And August 22nd is going to be a problem for the guy who once called himself the king of NXT. And Triple H, you said you're going to be able to make me famous? Well, your biggest guy's about to get made famous. And it's going to be for eating another right foot to the mouth. I accept. Let's go. Aren't you happy now? Y'all motherfuckers at that performance center got 11 days. Well, 11 King days. Quest, King Quest said, what if Pat has someone fighting for him? Dang, don't, don't, you, don't tease me because and, and, then I'm going to be hopeful like to the day. I, thank, thanks a lot, Quest. Because now, even though the adult in me knows better, on SummerSlam, the kid in me before the music is going to be fucking hoping for anything but but him. It's going to be like when MVP and them ended that Raw Underground last week and I was hoping that some other bigger dude was going to come out and fuck the three of them up and that's what the whole thing was for and it wasn't. Adam Cole, man. You know what you could do with Adam Cole? Not this. This is the guy who, after almost killing himself in a match with Aleister Black, entered Royal Rumble. I just watched, I, I, I the, the the clip popped up that apparently, I guess it's been a year ago today, that him and Johnny Gargano fell like 25 feet in cold, damn, and he missed a whole fucking table i've watched he this man new jack himself that championship you know what i'm saying like <laughs> except he has to throw somebody off a scabble afterwards you know miss your eye up we we watched him do everything and now somebody in that office was like you know what they need football guy what are we gonna do after adam cole after his championship we're gonna get that guy who plays throw yeah you remember that guy i sure do and now here he is for our viewing enjoyment okay like a half step above Gronk. Like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. And in and NXT, NXT's almost dare me to tap out. I think. Yeah. yeah. And in NXT news, if you're enjoying Dexter Loomis, which by the way I have been, I think he's a great worker, and I'm surprisingly yeah. enjoying him more here than anywhere else. Well, he's injured, so no more enjoyment. Party's over. Yeah. Everybody out the pool. He is out of the ladder match. Yeah. Regal said on last week that he was pulled from the five man ladder match for the North American title. Apparently, according to Brian Alvarez, he was saying that uh. He had an ankle injury during a recent episode of NXT where he did a flip to the outside of the ring. Wow, so that spot hurt him. That spot where you flip and land on your feet. I thought it was too good to be true. It was like, how? Like, The bad part about it is, though, we've seen Ricochet do that spot and be okay. It's not, but I mean, not everyone can hit every spot. That You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, he's a big dude to be fucking flipping or land on his feet. But the bad part about it is, I feel like he did that so perfectly. I'm like, he's done that before and I've just not seen it. Yeah, maybe got <laughs> Well, he's gone now, so yeah, you know how they are about that kind of shit. You know that. You know, <sighs> get well soon, anymore. Dexter. Get well soon, buddy. So, Dynamite brought in two-hour average of nine hundred and one thousand viewers, point thirty-six in the eighteen to forty-nine demographic, with NXT doing seven hundred and fifty-three thousand, almost a hundred and fifty-five thousand less than AEW. Point twenty in the eighteen to forty-nine demographic, which means they were down sixteen points from AEW. Glad AEW that's over because I can't fucking creepy. stand having to do that math in my head. Come on, dirt sheets. Lay that shit out for right. me. <laughs> you know, I have to literally like if anyone thinks you have that shit in a sheet, literally no. I'm looking at the, <laughs> doing the math I'm reading. Thanks a lot, assholes. You know, I always wondered that. <laughs> no, they don't tell you how much the, the <laughs> I'm doing the only time I ever know is when I go on Twitter and I see Brian Alvarez tweeted by far. That's the most I know. They give you the numbers and tell you to fuck off. You determine how much the difference between the two is <laughs> as you're reading it. Holy 
shit. They can just eat Rick fucking wiping out the fucking calculator. All right, what are these numbers? Fucking. No, I just kind of really got, I got used to it. I think I got used to it. But yeah, those are the numbers. So once again, you got AEW yeah. that wins. It's coming to an end, though, because, you know, they're going to jump to Thursdays. That to me doesn't count as a loss, though. I'm still putting the numbers against one another. That means both shows okay. now get a slot to themselves. I want to know what the numbers are. At this point, AEW, like I said before, AEW won the war. War's over. At this point, NXT's just hanging around for the ass whoopings. Yeah. Like, they sat there and AEW is dancing on a million. War's mm-hmm. over, boys. Exactly. So, SmackDown, memorable things about SmackDown. I normally don't go this detail, but you know what? This week had detailed stuff. You know, normally there'll be weeks where I'm going to take two minutes and be like, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, fuck off, bye. But this week, there's stuff I do want to talk about. Uh, Sheamus match versus Matt Riddle. I find this to be one of the... First of all, I'm going to save right off the best spoiler. I like SmackDown. SmackDown, once again, seems to be back to normal. Stasis thinks it's because they brought back... <laughs> they brought back Otis and Mandy Forever Girl. I mean... <laughs> that one writer, the, she was just... We didn't know. She wasn't just She wasn't just working when she put that tweet out about you know her influence. She She's the reason this company, <laughs> the blue brand, works. She showed up and now we out here on Friday <laughs> now night. It's okay. I actually enjoyed SmackDown. I saw it before. It was a good one. Um, one of the most interesting things to me, it's not so much a criticism, maybe a little bit, but it's more of an observation because it was a conscious decision. But the Sheamus match versus Matt Riddle was interrupted by Shorty G, who's now Corbin's hired hand, right? My one grievance yeah, here. Yeah, go ahead. I was thinking, yeah, he's basically the main one chasing this bounty on Riddle. Yeah. My one grievance here is I think a better match just because I I don't I'm tired of the nostalgia and the older guy. I think this should have been Riddle versus Shorty G because uh yeah. if you if you take away all the Shorty G shit that's been going on like for the last few months and you just think back to the NXT regular Chad Gable and the way he wrestles and works, I personally just would have enjoyed seeing Matt Riddle style versus Chad Gable style. Oh god. You know they're, I mean? they're, they're like the same person except Riddle kicks really hard. Yeah. Like taking nothing away from Sheamus because Sheamus is good. Sheamus is really good. You know, he's a veteran. Yeah. He's a multiple time champion. I've, I've always liked Sheamus, but I'm just saying I've seen Sheamus for so many years and I, and I'm sure I, I will be seeing more of Sheamus. And when I'm looking at wrestling nowadays, I'm looking for like just different shit, like things we haven't done before. I just kind of thought it was a shame that they decided in this feud to make Shorty G just some random hired hand of like another heel when he would have been really, I think you would have saw a really cool riddle shorty g match even if it was just a one-off it would have been cool so you know they decided not to do that they tried him with sheamus which was fine but uh what was funny so sheamus afterwards he has issues with corbin for uh, shorty g's involvement and then uh just like that he's like a face because think about it sheamus in the beginning of this commentary emphasizes that they have declared that sheamus has declared that he's moved on from jeff hardy right think about that yeah. that's the whole point of this sheamus has moved on from jeff hardy but he fucking winds up bro kicking him anyway during Jeff's match versus Corbin to get it thrown out. And he's not doing it because of Jeff now. He's doing it because of Corbin. But fucking poor Jeff, who just was in a feud with Sheamus after they announced that that's done. He fucking is. Gro- so to me, it pissed me off because in a way, even though Jeff got got on top at the end of that feud, in a way, they still managed to shit on Jeff. Like at the very end of the feud, like the feud's over. He technically won. But one last thing that to do that one last little nudge there. You know what I mean? Because it was over. That feud's done. And he got bro kicked to shit. And then he wasn't even there anymore after the bro kick because the emphasis was Corbin. And it's also weird how Sheamus is a face because he was interrupted. 
And his first action as a babyface is broke kicking Jeff Hardy, who he was just feuding with as a heel, you know, which gets a pop because he did it because he fucks over Corbin. But it's like we're forgetting everything else, which was just crazy to me. Like, you know, and they did it on purpose. That's the reason I said it's not so much a criticism because uh, they did an interesting double turn here almost. But it wasn't really that organic. To me, Sheamus was still doing heel stuff. He's just fighting another heel. Uh, and yeah, that was, that, that was something that happened on SmackDown. And then you had, uh, Matt Riddle, who did a post SmackDown thing here. Let's see if we got it up on the screen. Matt Riddle, just cost King Corbin the match out there. Is it safe to say you are in King Corbin's head right now? You know, I think it is safe to say that I'm in the King's head. And you know what? For all the mind games he's been playing with the bounty on my head and everything, I think it's, it's, you know, it's justice. It's sweet justice, you know, for him to get the bro kick and, you know, lose the match tonight. And you could say it was my fault, my doing, but maybe if he wasn't so distracted and kept his eye on the prize, he wouldn't have lost tonight. So that's on him. I was just there supporting yeah. Sheamus. He's a good bro. Yeah, see, because then during the Corbin Sheamus match, Riddle distracts Corbin, bro. so the baby-faced Sheamus goes over. Yeah. You know, it's just weird. Well, kick that shit out of him. Mm-hmm. So, that was all. Like I said, um, I gotta give them credit, because it was so chaotic that by the end of it, everyone who was feuding with someone different, like, all the heels were all baby faces. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, by the end of it, yeah. without anything changing. It was crazy. Uh, Miz and Morrison interview Mandy's hair. That was so. Oh my god, that 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 team is getting. Can, can, can we just split them already? This team is getting worse and worse every week. The catchphrase is "Can I get a hair?" Yeah, and uh, then they make fun of how they were like, "It must. It, it may be summer, but it's snowing up in here because Mandy's hair has more flakes than Kellogg's." <laughs> Those guys are such jerks. <laughs> I was so mad that I found it funny. Mm-hmm. Then you got Bailey and Sasha who who wind up on the Tron getting challenged by Stephanie, who apparently it was it was almost as hard to get Stephanie on that Tron, according to reports, as it was to get the fucking mustache off of Henry Cavill during the Justice League for Superman. Because <laughs> no, dude, I'm not even joking. Apparently there was a whole bunch of adjustments made. Like like Stephanie was green screened onto SmackDown. You'll have to go back and look. But apparently for whatever reason, I don't know what their fucking deal is, but they green screened her in later on. It's not even really her there. I don't know if the office behind her is green screen or just her being on the Tron was green screen. So if they're saying she was green screen later on, then they made poor fr- freaking, uh, they made poor Bailey and Sasha have to pull the Ewan McGregor, uh, thing. When he played Obi Wan for episode one, two, and three, with a poor guy's acting in front of fucking nothing, because there was nothing there. But they green screened her. In. You see, I don't. I need this to go back to normal, not because of just the uh, the virus, but because WWE is learning more about editing and visual effects and shit. And I don't want this to get out of hand. Like now they're green screening motherfuckers in. You know what I mean? How soon is it going to be until John Cena comes off for WrestleMania? Michael Jackson dances him to the ring. <laughs> you know, like. I don't like them in their green screen right now. It's getting a little bit too out of hand. But yeah, anyway, I digress. We got Stephanie who comes out there. And, uh, the interesting, the most entertaining thing to me was Bailey and Sasha because they start, uh, they freak on, they start kissing ass. They're basically saying how they watch Triple H and Stephanie on the network all the time, constantly, every single day on the WWE network for just $9.99. Like they were really, really pandering because they didn't want anything bad to happen, which, uh, ultimately she doesn't really make anything too bad happen. She makes the match for Raw, which, which we saw tonight, which, uh, if Bailey loses, then, uh, Oscar gets Sasha during SummerSlam. And the other one being that, uh, the girls are going to have like some sort of a 
five way or some sort of a tournament match. Uh, on SmackDown. Ba- basically, what it's going to be is going to be a th- a triple branded battle royale. So girls from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT are all right. going to be battling out. Right. And what happens to the tag titles during SummerSlam? <sighs> you think they fought that? You think they thought that far? I mean. Back in my day, we used to think about where all our titles were before a big fucking pay per view. Yeah, I kind of think they go that But but, but then again, back in our day, we didn't go for 403 (laughs) days to Pat McAfee. So, yeah, I guess so. You know, they got to either have the girls do double duty or something, you know, which wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, but Um, the winner of that match will challenge Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. mm -hmm. So, Mandy Rose attacks Sonya Deville during the Miz and Morrison versus Heavy Machinery match. Uh, but now she has like a shorter haircut and a cleaner baby face look to her, which, uh, it's about time because that, you know, we're going to run somebody as a face for that long and put them with Otis. That look didn't work for her. You know, no, it was going to have to change eventually. Mm-hmm. All over Sonya Deville, like God's greatest soccer mom right now. Here comes Otis and Tucker to the rescue. They're trying to separate a Mandy now from Sonia Miz and Morrison doing the same. And Mandy though breaks free and goes right after Sonia. Yeah, I like her look, right? Yeah, she looks good. Can't wear a hot girl pro. And that hashtag uh Oh my god, Sonia Deville just started trending thanks to this guy. The, uh, hashtag God's greatest soccer mom. <laughs> you know, like it actually started trending, so maybe this is gonna start calling her that. Uh so this was a interestingly enough, this was the most run of the mill SmackDown that you can get, which works out in their favor as far as the booking going. I don't know if it was deliberate or not, but I couldn't pick a more appropriate time, and it's always worked in wrestling, than when you have a run-of-the-mill weekly show and then something completely out of left field happens, which is what happened with Retribution showing up. Yeah, uh, which is basically that new group, which also a little bit of uh, insight as well. The reason they're, on, they're in masks right now is because they haven't determined who's in it yet. That's what I'm hearing. I find that hard to believe, though. And I, I, I you know what? At this point, maybe I'm just once again giving WWE too much credit, but I I will be oh, fucking yeah. very yeah. agitated if they aces and eights this and decided that we have no idea what we're doing, but we got people with masks for the time being. But anyway, here here is the uh, I, I, I'm gonna just tell you right now, that's exactly what they're doing. Here is some of the attack. Here. Especially because you can hear them. Right, but I better hear that fucking voice again. You won't. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just say you're disappointment. You what I do like is this shot because at this point the cameraman around the ring are gone. I love the Michael Cole and Corey Graves ran. Aha. Run motherfuckers, run run. Run run or you'll be well done. <laughs> Dude, look at this. It's the Nexus all over again, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I did here. I heard that one of them is Carmella. Whether or not they're going to actually let it stay Carmella, one of them is Carmella. I heard uh, Vanessa Bourne thrown out there. The reason why you're hearing Vanessa Bourne thrown out there, first of all, let me get the uh, retribution stuff 
up there for our social media people before we jump too far ahead. There it is for you guys in the chat room, and it'll be up on Twitter for all of you podcast listeners. I'm going to try to find the clip. So the reason why uh, Vanessa Bourne's name has come up is because the hair of one of these people got exposed during this. Yeah. And it looks like her hair. So we're going to take a look at the clip that's been leaking around the hair. So there's the hair at the back of it. But like you said, that doesn't mean anything if they're going to be stupid about it. Exactly. Um, and, and let's be real. This is not a competent company. They don't know who the fuck is going to be under those masks right now. They got five guys. They got like five or six people. Like, you know what? Just don't let them see who you are and just go out there. Yeah. Like anybody having faith that they planned this ahead of time. Just remember Pat McAfee. <laughs> I guess that could be the bar now. Someone else said Tamina. Yeah, I've heard Tamina too, George. Uh, Chelsea Green's being speculated because she was supposed to be called up at the same time as Vanessa Bourne. So this could be the call up for the two of them. But now you're telling me that they might just be fucking around. So who knows? Who really knows this company? They haven't written that far ahead because like Seth Rollins says, you know, this new age of people who the fuck likes to have long term storylines when you can binge watch on Netflix. That's great logic. You know, we want everything to happen instantly. (laughs) <laughs> George like, says he doesn't I, think like, they'll ever be on math. Yeah, they'll be they'll be like the new Dark Order, right? Oh my god! Right. Even darker, oh, the Darker geez. Order. It'll be like the oddities. Like you'll never know who they really are. Like. <laughs> so we haven't talked about it on here in a long time, but as you guys know, Two or Five Live comes on immediately after. Uh, I heard about SmackDown. This. I'm just gonna all all, all I'm gonna say is before we go into this, this just remember what we're about to tell you, mm-hmm. and then remember that. They planned who Retribution is. Right. So just keep in mind, I just put a clip on the screen. This is right after SmackDown went off of the air. Right after. Like Moments literally. After. Seconds after. after. You're still seated. No time for a pee break. One goes right into the other. It's as if nothing happened. This, the ropes are back. Everything's clear. I get that it's taped and everything. Listen, I get that. But you're trying to put this new stable over, which now I'm hearing from Dustin. You might not even know who the fuck's in it. And... You couldn't even sell the destruction in some way. You just fuck it. 205 Live's not canon now, as far as I'm concerned. Because 205 Live exists in in an alternate bubble. It's like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Daredevil fucking show. It's like an alternate little bubble where the writing doesn't fucking affect the rest of the thing. You you know what this is the equivalent of? This would have been if... You remember that um, Avengers one year with Mark Henry and Big Show were feuding, and they were the second to last match, and they broke the ring? Mm Mm-hmm. And you remember Cena and Del Rio had to wrestle in a broken ring? That would have been like if the Cena and Del Rio match would have came on, the ring would have just been fine. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I'm exactly. supposed to believe they know who these things, who, who, who Retribution is? Nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So that is SmackDown in a nutshell. They did good. The ending with Retribution uh, was definitely interesting. No one cares about 205 Live, so they screwed that up. They got one point nine hundred. I've heard some. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say they got 1.924 million viewers, 0.5 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. Uh, so they are definitely up by, give or take, maybe 30 or 40 viewers from last week, as far as in the million, 0.30 or 40. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of funny. I've heard people instantly on Twitter talk about some Nexus did it better. Nobody's talking about the fucking Nexus. Can you like yeah. separate these things for two and a half seconds to just enjoy the show? But it is a lot like the Nexus. Yeah. It, except, it's that, like, except that instead of Raw, they did it to SmackDown. I mean, shit, instead of yellow, they could have been wearing orange. It was so much like the Nexus. The only difference was we didn't yeah. know who they were. 
you know. No, and that's the one thing where I try to not like when stuff like this happens. I try not. Like, I, I mean, I, I instantly thought to myself, I was like, "Huh, this is kind of Nexus-like," and then I let the thought go instantly. Whereas mm-hmm. you see these people where they're hanging out, like, "Man, and Nexus did that better. Nexus did that better. Nexus did that better." Enjoy the angle. Yes, absolutely. Enjoy Just the enjoy angle. the chaos and shut the fuck up. You know, it's okay. We'll see if it's, if there's something there to be enjoyed. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. I want to enjoy something shitty. You know. Yeah, exactly. So before we talk about Raw, because Raw's usually are closing here, we got Brandy. Brandy Rhodes recently. She uh, they introduced this new website called AEW Heels, which is essentially a website directed at specifically women wrestling fans. It's a pun on the word heels because they don't mean heels like the way you turn heel. They mean heels like the kind of shoes you wear when you're a female wrestler. <laughs> Being sarcastic because That's nobody different. wears heels when you're a female wrestler, so it kind of defeats the point. Anyway, uh, I understand. I believe there's like a thirty dollar a month membership or something like that. God. This all-inclusive thing to be a female, to be part of this female community. Uh, she was talking, she tweeted about how AEW Heels was a massive success. They exceeded the number of membership signups necessary to continue to move the fan club onward and upward and wants to thank every single person that joined and all those memberships that were unable to make it. The best is yet to come. And the, and the call last night allowed users to browse the full capabilities of the website community with members, a dashboard profile, blah, 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 bio, send, receive private messages and st- so on and so forth. Um, you know, even though we know there's going to be a lot of guys on there, a lot of mouth-breathing, overweight dudes that are going to be on there pretending to be Gina and Sally and Megan that you're going to be talking to in this fucking thing. Uh, they have virtual and live chats, which they're going to be doing, and so on and so forth. Um, I don't really think that the girl division or anything with females in AEW is strong enough for them to have that. I think it's kind of ballsy to have something that has that kind of a price. Uh, I don't know what the fuck they could possibly be offering that would only be directed at female demographic in a wrestling program that guys wouldn't want that would be worth $30 because even the, the WWE network isn't. Um, I honestly, and I've, I've always said in the past, I've been a big supporter of Brandy and Cody, even followed their vlogs for years before we were doing this. I honestly feel like she's just looking for something to do and it, it is starting to get a little bit annoying. Um, with it always being something like this. And I've, I've just heard different things that were happening to her. Like she's starting to get heat from fans. Like they're starting to get annoyed by her. I don't know if, the, if you, it's all subjective to you guys, whether you feel it's justified or not. Uh, she apparently left social media because, uh, a lot of people were calling her the N bomb, which I really think there's no justification whatsoever to ever do that to anybody. You're pieces of shit for doing that to her. You could have an opinion about thinking she's annoying or that she's trying to be in the spotlight too much or that, you know, she keeps trying to push her own thing or whatever. Maybe she's trying to find her direction and she has the right to do that in a company that she has an invested interest in. But, but there's a fucking lie. Right. But for her to have to leave social media because you're calling her that, that's fucking stupid. And you, you are garbage for doing that. Nonetheless, when I'm not going to ignore the actual general heat that she is getting for the things she is doing. What is your opinion on the Brandy thing, which seems to be picking up the wrong kind of momentum? It's like every time you hear about her, it was the Nightmare Collective. Now it's the Nightmare Sisters. She tried a singles run. She did this. She did that. Now she's uh, doing this own AEW heels thing. What is your opinion? So, yeah, definitely. It's not getting the right kind of like momentum you would want to get. But I give Brandy credit for still trying She's not just like, okay, because let's be real, some people out there, they'll try one thing and then just hang it up and give it up. She's still trying. I mean, when, what was it? Uh, She had that original little crew with Awesome Kong. She saw that wasn't working. Like, it's okay. Crash that and move on to something else. I give her definitely the credit for staying persistent and trying to find her, I guess, niche in the company. 
but it's definitely it hasn't been a good run when it comes to definitely it seems like every idea is kind of bombed a little bit worse than the last and the wrestling leaves something to be desired like i said she's had a great personality and back when she was just what did they call her eve in wwe back when she was eve you know like i've always been someone prior to even doing this show that would just follow like vlogs of people for anyone doesn't know this when you have them just talking into the camera and stuff like i would follow brandy stuff so like i kind of knew before AEW, like the brandy that she is as far as the social the way she speaks and stuff and i always thought it was cool i was like wow this is not this commentator who's fucking you know the way they have their zombified commentators just hold the mics and get shit on and i was like wow this person's like a lot of personality from her and that's what made me follow her oh yeah blog. you know what i mean uh that being said like i said they're just not finding the right way to manifest it i guess and it's getting her Stephanie heat because one fan tweet is saying that she's becoming slowly worse than Stephanie. And then Cody jumped in and he was like, yeah, coordinating this new platform slash tournament for the women is a terrible thing. And uh, I get it. You're going to defend your wife and everything. But I think at the same time, Cody's just missing the point in the fact that we're getting like a lot of exposure to Brandy, who had very little to do with the reason why people were tuning in or supporting this thing to begin with. No offense to her. And it's more emphasis is on her than even some of the reasons why people were tuning in. Nobody, when AEW was first founded, was thinking, well, what's Brandy doing? Or hopefully we get more Brandy. I mean, obviously, I think that her role at the time worked very well being with Cody. And the problem became they tried to branch her off too fast into other things and other aspects. I have no idea why she was fine being his valet, whether they were heel or babyface. And I get that she wanted more, but there's just a lot more that needs to be done. Yeah, could have definitely took her time with it a little more. And I get it. She wants to, she wants to be there. So it's like, I'm not going to criticize her for that. I'm just saying that it, a lot of the stuff isn't working. And I definitely don't agree with AEW heels. I think the last thing that this company of all companies needed was a platform for the women specifically to go and do what? Like, what are you offering them? I think we have platforms, Twitter, and there's all kinds of social media that allow you to network with other people, male or female or all alike. And uh, it's just weird when you see shit like that, because you, on the other hand, I get this all inclusive stuff when it comes to men and women being treated the same. But then if we go back to logic, there's no AEW Nikes or AEW high tops for the guys because there doesn't need to be. The girls don't need an emphasis to have a site that's specifically directed for them. They should be able to go to AEW.com. And if there does need to be a $30 membership, which I don't agree with for anything, it should be all inclusive and part of AEW.com. Not specific to the women because Ring of Honor doesn't even have a $30 fucking dollar membership for the general Ring of Honor site that offers you the videos on the man and the, and the iPay-per-views and the shows and stuff. But we're going to do that for just the women's heel stuff. Again, it just, it's just strange. Even if they had a good outing or whatever, which I have, I find questionable. I don't see how a site like that is self-sustaining when there's bigger practices like Netflix and Amazon and everyone's losing memberships to one another in competition. When those services only going for between $6.99 and $9.99 and sometimes someone will drop one service for the other, drop HBO to get Netflix, drop Netflix for Hulu. But we have people out there willing to spend $29.99 on a fucking website that might have some exclusive stuff. But at this point, how much wrestling are you going to watch per week that you need to give them $29 as a female to be able to DM other females that gave them $29 fucking dollars. I don't get it. And if there's some aspect of it that I'm supposed to understand, like, please correct me because, uh, you know, or, or, or tell me what it is that I'm missing about it. Yeah, he thinks they sell him booty yeah, or whatever. Uh, so, you know, like I said, nothing against them. I just found it interesting because I kept hearing about AEW heels. I had no idea what the fuck it was. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much about it. That's my thought. What are your thoughts? You just, like you said, you pretty much said what you had to say about it, right? You just see her trying to get yeah. her, her foot in the door. Yeah, which I mean, I give her credit for it. She's staying persistent, but it's like, I I think 
when it came to breaking off from Cody so soon, I think she didn't want to get stuck in that rut of, oh, it's Cody's wife, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like she did it just too fast. And I hate to say it, but I'm one of the main reasons why she was motivated to leave WWE because she wanted to do more than WWE was letting her do. But you know what? At the same time, sometimes WWE doesn't only lets you do what they realize that you're going to be able to do. And that's all that it is. We don't have time to play it today, but Byron Saxon was recently on a podcast where he talked about that. I remember Byron Saxon from NXT and FCW days being yeah. a wrestler. And uh, they just told him, look, we don't think the wrestling's going to work out here, but we have some backstage stuff that you could do. And it was one of those things where it was like, you know, is he going to try to take it or is he going to leave it and take his chance with the Indies? As you saw with Corey Graves and now Byron Saxon, um, they take good care of you when they tell you, look, we got a backstage role. Sometimes the longevity of that shit will, will fill your pockets more than, uh, than the other stuff. Plus you get your Hall of Fame. Yeah. Plus the wear and tear in your body doesn't, doesn't go throughout the years. You know, so sometimes people make the right move. Brandy, the writing might have been on the wall, which is what I'm starting to see. And I hate to say it, but they might have looked at some of, they might have, I mean, they have a performance center. They have rings and tryouts. They could see what her spear looks like. No offense and her other shit that she does. And they must have been like, man, there's a lot of roughness here, but we do have a spot for you that you could keep forever. And uh, they gave her that. So I'm not always going to be completely biased against WWE. They know what they're doing. They've seen enough people come through that they don't have to have somebody wrestle 12 times and be like, now we know whether you're going to. They've seen a lot of the tropes that some people have, and they can generally tell if somebody has a talent for it. They do have scouters there, even if you don't like the writers and shit. You know what I mean? You got to remember that the talent scouts are still people who you know. You know what I mean? The old school guys are still the guys that are looking when they're doing the tryouts and shit. So... They might have just not seen something with her. And the more I see of her, the more I kind of feel that way. You know, she's from a family of wrestlers, but not by blood, you know. So just yeah. something to keep in mind, you know, as far as the Brandy stuff goes. And that, that tournament, it's not really doing much because it's put together poorly. You know, we'll have to see how it starts, but uh, it, it doesn't look that good. To me, it really doesn't look that good. Uh, What else? What else? What else? WWE has a new chief uh, revenue officer. I know that's not very interesting, but I thought it was interesting that the guy's name is Nick Khan. Like, they even wanted their own Khan. <laughs> they were like, they got a Khan over there. We need a Khan over here. Khan! Khan! Oh, my God. But yeah, they decided that they need a new revenue officer. His first order of business was to make a lot of fucking revenue because the uh, SEC filings showed that he's making $1,200,000 a year with a $5 million fine signing bonus at a time when they're furloughing all these people and letting people go during a pandemic with chin-chinging a con, chin-chinging a con. He's eligible to participate in the WWE discretionary bonus plan. The initial annual target bonus is $1,900,000, which is prorated for the calendar year of 2020 based on uh, his first day of work. Jesus. When you put it that way, I want to see Avengers levels of quality with everything. If you can do that, give me everything. I want the works. I want this to look like Final Fantasy 15 remake, but with the wrestlers. I want everything. Unbelievable. Make it look magical. Yeah. Make me love this shit. You know, because obviously nobody out there is getting pushed or anything, you know. Hey, 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 hey. MVP is getting his title shot. He well earned. All right. Rising through the ranks. Yeah. Last order of business before we talk about uh, Raw. I just wanted to briefly touch on just one thing in Impact. I didn't watch the whole show, but I did catch the Rich Swan stuff. And uh, we do not have enough time to show it all on here. I'm going to get a quick peek for you guys. So that but apparently, brings me to my decision. So he decided he's going to retire here. And why I came because out he got here. re-injured from the injury during the Slammiversary, as we talked about a few weeks ago. I have to think about my family. I have to think about my future. And I'm going to have to retire. 
And I just want to thank everybody, whoever supported me. And I want to come, out. We don't come out here. Action team from the bottom of my heart. This company. Tiring. <laughs> Willie Mack. Eddie. Show their support. Everybody comes out to show their support. The retirement. Rich. Their term. In the career. Crutches. All the rest is coming out and seeing him off the way he did some of the time. So maybe there was uh, something legitimately wrong with his leg. Nope. It's Eric Young. I knew that. I just wanted to work with it. Like I knew it was going to. I haven't seen it yet, but I already had, had heard what, what went on. But yeah. Again, Eric Young. Yo, Eric Young is such a fucking bastard, right? Like they All get, I'm saying is oh at least he didn't tear his leg off this time. This is the second time that, he, that he's messing this guy's leg up. There's a vengeance story now. I'm so happy we got badass Eric Young back. Oh, my yeah, like, God. Like Stacey is right. It was up with Eric Young and legs. Yeah, right. And that's the second time he caught somebody on the ram. And it's the guy he messed up at Slammiversary, too, you know? So that feud's yeah. going to be going on. Now he's not going to get retired. I knew he wasn't going to retire, but they oh. set that up there. That's just one thing I just wanted to talk about. Unless there's anything else you cared about with Impact. Nah, that was one of the bigger stories coming out of it. Yeah, well, I think I think a Rich Swan Eric Young feud is going to be good. I'm going to start watching just for stuff like that, you know? That's going to be a re. Those guys are going to have some good matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, at this point, I wouldn't have given a shit what they would have done with Eric Young. I'm just glad to see the fucker getting used. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's talk about Raw before we wrap up here. Last week, Raw. Brought, yeah, last week brought in 1.714 million viewers. We're too early for this week. They were slightly up from the week before, though. Uh, real quick again, you know, I don't like to stick with Raw too much. I do like Dominic's new music during the Seth Rollins contract signing. It has a little bit of his father and it almost sounds like a little bit of Hoovy in there too with, uh, with the, just a little the, bit, the right? Jingle. Yeah. Uh, we had the passion of the Mysterio though, unfortunately, after Rollins oh, and Murphy shit. fucked Dominic up with the Kendo sticks. So they definitely got their heat back on him there. I uh, believe it was 30 shots all in total. Yeah. Uh, what else happened on Raw? Okay, something that bothered me. This this is how much of, of control freaks WWE creative are. So Selena Vega and Bianca Belair used Selena Vega's uh, Twitch channel over the weekend. And they kind of went into business for themselves to get the angle over with Bianca attacking Selena during her Twitch channel. Did you see that? I heard about it, but I haven't seen the clip yet. Okay, and it was during a full stream. She had uh, Kayla Braxton interviewing her and they were talking about Pokemon and other shit. I'm going to get up Pokemon. here. I think there's only been one. Uh, Lauren, can you get the door for me? Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Pokemon, I'd say Mario Kart. Can you get the door, please? Wow, that's how you talk to your people. It's my cousin. She's so rude, guys. No, it's my cousin acting up. So. Anyway, so Pokemon, Super Mario, that kind of stuff. I mean, if you were to play it, though, Yo, Z, what's good? What the hell are you doing in my house? Run your switch, motherfucker. What the hell? You know what you did? You know what you did? Thea. 
So that was the that well, was. The, it, I think that they was well done. Like a death on unfriended. Hello, Thea. Uh, <laughs> so that was the whole there? thing. Oh, God, it's still going. I really didn't. Hello. Still... <laughs> oh, I really oh, sold that shit. But she is dead. All right, she's gonna call her. She gone. She gone. Call her. Good selling, guys. They're gonna go all. That's what somebody's actual instincts would be to do. We still on here? Like. Yeah, she was really hello, hello. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? So that's over. Anyway, because it probably wasn't greenlit by creative, they had Zelina go out there tonight and not acknowledge it at all, which in turn just makes the shit look more fake. Because if someone attacks Zelina Vega at her house, there's no way she wouldn't acknowledge it when addressing that person. But instead, you can tell the creative wasn't on board with this being used for whatever reason. So they literally just have her not talk about it. She talks about being attacked the previous week, but she doesn't talk about being attacked in her house. Very foolish of you. And this is this yeah. is the thing with Zack Ryder. That's what I was saying when well, we're going to go back to how they don't like people to get over on their own. Clearly, even though they're trying to further your own fucking angle, because you didn't book it, you didn't use it. You know what I mean? It's just silly. It's just really silly. You so know, maybe they didn't that like the would fact have made that me was, a lot more interested in your fucking angle. Maybe it was the you fact would've... that they didn't. There was a Twitch, and they're not partner with Twitch, so they don't want to promote that. They're Skype people, or they're tout people, or whatever the hell they are nowadays. They're I don't know, but I just ass don't call Skype yeah. I just think they should have done something with that and not just ignored it on on Raw. I almost didn't grab the clip because I thought, you know what, they're going to have to show it on Raw. I don't want to be redundant. But then they didn't, so I'm glad I did. Uh, what else? We got a fuck your couch segment with Bobby Lashley throwing a couch at Apollo Crews after they interview him and he shits on not wanting to be part of their crappy stable. Uh, Mickey James returns to Raw. And, see uh, Mickey in what, like a year and a half? Yeah. And Natty and Lana show up wearing matching attire, taking their tag team very seriously. And this Natty Lana thing, this isn't like a one-off and this isn't just a trial thing. I believe, to my knowledge, this is something that Natalia wants. And I know it's going to be crazy to uh, hear. Bear with me. I know I'm going to get a lot of heat from this. But, I mean, I, I believe Natalia is one of the more credible people right now in wrestling. Exactly. And, uh, she's saying that we're, they're hiding how fucking good Lana is. That's why I'm saying brace yourself and prepare for I said it. Like she's saying that you, this is one of those cases where we don't realize something. Um, I'm going to put the full interview here. This was a Lisa Touts interview. I'm going to share the whole interview with you guys. I want you oh, to yeah, hear, follow that girl. want you to hear a couple of minutes. Yeah, she's really good. When you hear a couple of minutes and, uh, give me your thoughts on this. Lana and I go way back. She's like a sister to me. We, we have, we've had our fights. Don't get me wrong. We've had major meltdowns. Um, but we've also, we're, we're like, we talk every day. We text every day. We talk multiple times a day. Sometimes TJ will be like, who are you texting at three in the morning? And it's Lana. Uh, <laughs> That's so I, cute. <laughs> I know. And I, I, I love her so much. She's very passionate about what she believes in. And, and she's, she's, you know, what I love about Lana is that she's been loyal to me. She's had my back since, since the very beginning. Even if we fight, it's like a sisterhood. You know, we, she always, always, she always stands by what she's going to do. She, she is always there for me. She's never let me down. And, you know, I think our pairing right now on TV it's exciting, it's fresh, and I feel like people don't understand how good Lana actually is, especially in the ring. You've only seen a little bit of what she can do because she's been a manager for so long. I, I truly think that once Lana gets her sea legs and people can actually see her compete in the ring, I, I actually feel like we're going to be tag team champions. I feel like we could take on Sasha and Bailey for the Women's Tag Team Championships and 
And um, I think Lana is, and I will say that I, I'm going to stand by this. I think she's got, she's one of the greatest untapped female talents in WWE that we haven't really got. You haven't even seen that in ring side of her. So I almost knocked over a base. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you haven't you haven't seen that side of her, so you're gonna you're gonna see that side of her, and I can't wait until you know see what we we really can do. So together, she's she's great, and I think um, she's polarizing. Either you really like her or you really hate her, but you right. will always remember her. You will always remember what she does and what she says, and she's wild. She's wild, she's crazy. Lana is entertainment. She is pure entertainment, and I will I will give her that. Yeah, like I said, I, I consider Nat- Natalia one of the more credible people in the whole company and her saying that. And I find that the Lana works really good. Her character, which is clearly a character, you know what I mean? She's smart to the business. I felt she was getting the proper kind of heat when people were annoyed by her because you could tell it was deliberate. And like I said, I've been on yeah. board with the Lana stuff for a while when everyone else was criticizing it. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, Natty's been around long enough to where if she tells you somebody's good, there's a pretty good chance she's um, she's not not gonna bullshit you there and of course i'll uh, break into the whole natty thing quickly i love how um a week into this heel turn cooler wanted to talk about oh i guess it's safe to say it's a flop and then oh. now tonight he goes oh you still like her character destin um yeah still liking it natalia is one of the best people in the whole fucking company no, no, no matter even what if, she does she, even though like, they don't push her that way like trust like she's really good man that's fucking natalia nightheart are you kidding me I've said that from day one. Like, don't sleep on Natalia just because they don't keep her in that top role. That's one of the best wrestlers on the planet, man. And if she's saying somebody exactly. like Lana has untapped potential, I'm going to believe her no matter what, you know? So until something proves me, long, proves me wrong, I'm believing what she's saying. Yeah. Out of everybody, that's somebody you should believe. There's a reason, even though they don't like hearts, they keep her, you know, like that is a great talent right there. So. Like I said, just something to think about. I think the Lana stuff, if, if if what she's saying athletically, she does have as much to offer as she does, that's a big deal. Exactly. Because if she's as good in the ring as she is as a, as a character, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, we get the reunion of the Riot Squad just so they could start jobbing them out, but at least the uh, the Iconics are getting a push. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What is what is your opinion on this entire thing where we got the uh, the Iconics finally getting something out of this maybe, but you got the Riot Squad who's freshly reunited and they've already taken their first pin in their first match? So I feel like because it's only the second time they've teamed in a while, you could have the room for it. I guess it kind of builds that it's like, hey, they've only been back together for a so little while. So, of course, they're not going to be like how it used to be again. But this whole thing with the Iconics, I'm over it. I'm bored. I uh, like. I don't need to see them as a relevant thing anymore. I already suffered through that mediocre ass tag title run. Yeah. I'm hoping that loss we had tonight was pretty much the last shred of like the Iconics getting any kind of a push. Right. Because I don't want to see it anymore. It's dull. I really like the Iconics. However, you're probably going to get your wish because the word's been going around. When it comes to Vince McMahon, he's looking at it like this. He's been, he spoke, he had a phone meeting with the writing team. Uh, and he's, he's always vocal in these meetings about what he's interested in. Right now, when he looks at big stars, two big stars that he sees as top people are Bianca Belair and Peyton Royce. So he wants to push them. So as far as the iconic thing, that's probably done. Um, or at least it will be. And remember when I told you this about Otis, 
It pretty much started going that direction. Uh, look, I like the Iconics. Peyton Royce is better. Yeah, she has a better, better look, better uh, gimmick, better in the ring. They're both good for what they're doing for the time around. Peyton Royce is the more noticeable standout one of the two. Uh, that being said, I wouldn't have done what they're going to do, but it looks like Bianca Belair and Peyton Royce are people who, that doesn't mean that they won't eventually say, oh, and now he likes Billy Kay, but as it stands, right now the one he notices is Peyton Royce. Yeah. You know, good for Bianca Belair because she's not tied to any tag team. Bad for Peyton Royce or, or more for Billy Kay because uh, she sort of is. But you know what? At the end of the day, how often do these tag teams, especially in the female division, last? Uh, the Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross shit is a miracle. You know, and part of that is because they never really liked Nick, um, Alexa Bliss wrestling on her own anyway. Before the Nikki Cross thing, they were trying to anchor her down to whatever they could, whether it be a partner, whether it be a valet, whether it be just being the talk show host of her thing. And uh, this was just convenient for them. So it kind of worked out. So, yeah, but I just figured I would just tell you that the Vince McMahon, when it comes to that, Peyton Royce, Bianca Belair, those are two names that are that have floated over his desk that he's definitely interested in. And that's part of the reason why maybe uh, it was weird to me when they, they re- reunited the Riot Squad, which according to the bump, uh, they said uh, Ruby Riot said she has the blessing of Sarah Logan, which they said they wouldn't have done it without her blessing. It's just funny to do all that, put them on the bump, get them over and then have them job out to a team that you're probably not going to keep because you're worried about pushing one person there. Yeah, but that's only the second week they've been back together. So. so we'll have some patience. We'll have some patience with it. Uh, we had Raw Underground again to, to the, our disdain, which apparently the ratings were up a little bit. And some people are saying that the ratings shot up during the Raw Underground of last week, which was their plan. All Lies. So it worked. Um, this time they had one of the fights bleed to the outside to show how hardcore was they were hitting each other against a fucking aluminum thing or whatever. So now Shayna Baszler is raw on the ground and suddenly there are women and she's fighting with women on the raw on the ground. Um, it's awful. It's worse than, than the brawl for all, which was at least real. It's worse than the, uh, the lion's den, which I didn't like that either. This is just, this is just terrible. I, if it's getting them ratings, good for them. It just, I, I, it just goes to show that they're bringing in, they're not bringing in that 18 to 49 demographic at that point. I don't know who the fuck they're bringing in that's watching this, but I'm not enjoying Raw Underground. And uh, I think it's an absolute waste of fucking time whenever it's on the screen. What are your thoughts? As an it, MMA it, fighter it, and just, as a wrestling fan, because you're both, what are your thoughts of this Raw Underground trying to be like a fucking hybrid of shoot fighting with the wrestling? <laughs> it's insulting, realistically, like you said, on both ends for me. Because as a wrestling fan, I want to see wrestling in the wrestling ring. Not just random fucking knockoff, we don't talk about Fight Club, even though we air Fight Club kind of shit. And then, as a UFC and MMA in general fan, like, I've seen the low-level stuff. I've seen the underground stuff. It looks nowhere near this shit. Yeah. I remember I remember watching Vanderlei Silva soccer-kicking people in Pride. Plus, there was no rules, still didn't look this sloppy. Yeah. There's a DVD I have lying around here somewhere. It was uh, the 25th anniversary of the UFC, and they basically rolled through the UFC's entire history, like back to the old days. Remember when it was no weight limits, there was no clock, nothing like that. It still didn't look this shit. Yeah, and then people were talking about the problem with doing something like that. Is for example, they use Dolph Ziggler as an example. You got a guy who goes out there that to make to put this thing over. He's going out there and having a 45 second match where he grapples in the ground with someone and chokes them out. And then you have that same Dolph Ziggler who potentially on a pay per view has to go on and put on like a 17 minute match. And the people who are watching this are going, "Didn't we just watch this guy squash somebody in 45 minutes in a real thing? And now in the wrestling, it's 17 minutes of back and forth hitting ropes and spots. You can't mix the two things because then there's inconsistencies. This is not how you get ratings. This isn't not going to work. 
I know EC3 got mad. He said that it looks like they, they copied his promos that he was doing. Like the, the style of his promos with the backstage or whatever. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that have that background shit. It's not like he founded it. But whatever. I wouldn't even be proudly claiming, oh, you know, they got that from me. Like, who gives a fuck? It's awful. It's terrible. It's one of those things we're going to look back at. They're going to do some sort of a network special if they still have a network. Yeah, they're going to do a countdown. Shittiest things of 2020. You're going to have different people in the seat going, oh, man, yeah, that thing. That was something else. You know, when they bring the comedians in and they talk about what it was like back in the 20, 2000, 2020s. Terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible. Uh, Orton finally turns on Flair. I didn't, what was it? What, what the hell made him turn? Flair fucked him over somehow or what happened? Yeah, but ba- basically the whole thing was that, uh, the Kevin Owens match that he wound up happening, which he wound up going over the RKO, of course. It didn't need to happen because he claimed basically it was Flair's ego getting into the way. And he talks about a story way back when when Flair basically got him out of trouble, which, of course, that seems to be a story with everybody. Mm-hmm. But it just turned into a thing where he lost respect for him because it was a moment where Flair had basically put himself before Orton. Yeah, and then he gets really dark because he tells Flair that he knows that Flair, Flair – um, that Orton's the son that Flair wishes that he had, which is kind of a jab at the fact that his son died, you know? And then uh, he says yeah. that the Ric Flair that he knows wouldn't need a pacemaker for his heart to keep going, and then he wouldn't have slipped into a coma two years ago. Um, And then now he's become a whore for the spl- spotlight, a junkie for the spotlight, and all this other stuff. And it basically leads to, uh, I thought it was going to be the RKO, which would just be corny, even though it's the most expected thing. But I thought they did poetic justice in the fact that he used the Ric Flair low blow on him. Yeah. And then... uh. I, you don't want the old man to bump, and I get that. It was kind of disappointing on one hand, but the adult in me gets that you can't do it, so they use the flickering light technique uh, so that the the punt takes place off air, like the camera doesn't actually catch the motion of the punt. It was smart that a few times throughout the evening they played with the idea of the lights flickering so that when it happened, it seemed more organic. Like, And it was a cool effect, too. Yeah. Where you see the lights flicker, and then pow, that's when he gets the punt. Because really, because... Flair has no business out there. I don't want to see him take a real pump cause that's, punt because that's hard to uh, to do. And now we can write him off of TV. Yeah, and of course, they played on that because uh, they shown earlier in the night that retribution that showed up again. Right. And we know that, that that seems to be the thing, like, when they're in the building, this happens at any point in time. What did Retribution do this time on Raw, as a matter of fact? Uh, what they basically did, they came, they showed up, and uh, they couldn't get into the, into the building. So one of them threw a cinder block through the window of the performance center. Wow, I hope they didn't kill any Marty Gennetti's rapists. Wow. Now where everybody's killing motherfuckers with bricks and stuff. Because they wanted to get the weeds. Yeah. So that was Raw in a nutshell. It wasn't the worst Raw. It still has work to done. SmackDown was good. The Retribution thing does add some flavor. Whether they can sustain that flavor has yet to be seen. AEW is coming into their own with certain things. Not the women's division, though. That's very unfortunate. Um, I know recently they did, and I'm not going to show the, the images here. You can go look them up. But Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero did a bikini photo shoot. Uh, you know, not my flavor of Kool-Aid, to be completely honest with you. I looked at the images. I don't think any of you are going to want to. You can if you want. But I also feel like if you're going to push the women's division and everything else, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't open with my first bikini photo shoot of AEW being Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Uh, just as a side note, again, I think the women thing needs to take a backseat for a while. NXT, they're doing good. Uh, I know they've br- they've brought in a few writers from the old days. They didn't name who, but some extra writers were brought in that were part of the main brand may not necessarily be the best look i mean ever since we started hearing about these extra writers and vince taking uh interest in it i've had more complaints with nxt to the very point with adam cole and me saying weeks before we got to this point 
that I felt that the Undisputed Era specifically had become a project of the main roster creative team and that they became more comedy and gimmicky. And now, you know, we had, then we started getting the fucking doctor thing with Kyle O'Reilly. We started getting the scared freaking, uh, the, the, uh, Roderick Strong. Then we started getting, now we're getting the Adam Cole, Pat McAfee. So I really can't help but feel like, yeah, NXT is going in a bad direction in the sense that the new writers and the new creative have that mainstream attitude that's not fitting with that brand while they're going against AEW that's not going in that direction, but also needs work. Everybody needs to work on something right now. Nothing's coming out golden. Um, you know, everything's coming out gimmicky. Everything, everyone's getting more comfortable being gimmicky. It's becoming like the new cool fad. It's like PWG always used to be like that. And that's really the only place you'd see that, but it's becoming this new cool fad for everyone to just kind of joke and make fun of themselves about how much of a work wrestling is. Like even the, the even the, um, the talk and shop mania to some extent, although that was the intent and purpose, it's bleeding over too much into the mainstream. And I hate to sound like an old school guy, but uh, just certain things are too parody-esque and becoming too corny. We need to dial it back a little bit. Um, I'd like wrestling to get back to the basics for a little while, at least, of it being people that are in a conflict with other people over prestige and titles and pride and stable forming and alliances without anything weird, without a fucking swamp or a portal or another dimension or an underground fucking lair or a labyrinth or a hidden fucking thing or anything. Or Pat you know? McAfee. You know what I mean? Like I could watch or Pat McAfee. I could watch plenty of other shit for what they're trying to offer, you know, and I get what they're trying to do with television and everything, but let's just get back to the wrestling guys. There's tons of shit. We could do a pop culture show, which some of you have suggested on here. Oh, where we could talk about tons of other things and, uh, you know, it'll have those elements that they're trying to give us. And quite frankly, you could get it better. You could get it better watching something on Netflix or a TV show or black mirror or just about anything than the fiction that they're trying to give to us. You know, the Braun Strowman thing, I know it was it was uh, labeled during the, uh, we didn't talk about it during SmackDown, but the Braun Strowman thing, uh, where he talks to Bray Wyatt, the dirt sheet spun it as it was a Braun Strowman heel turn. I didn't catch any heel turn unless they're just talking about the problem. He said he doesn't care about Alexa Bliss, which was just him being tough. That doesn't make him a heel. Everyone's too drastic to throw those heel turn words around nowadays. I don't think that it matters whether or not he's a heel, nor would it really make sense at this point to have a double turn. Hopefully they manage to keep their bearings with all of that. And I think that's about it. What I got to say? Anything that that you want to talk about? Yeah, that was uh that that was it. Like I said, NXT, y'all got eleven days. Stop the foolishness, sorry. Yeah, which which I don't know if they will. We yeah, might have to count them out. <laughs> oh, I tell you, at, at this point, at this point, if by the twenty second this thing is still on, you might as well just have the fucker win. I think right. it's anybody's ballgame at this point between the companies. They all have their ups and downs. If you're a wrestling fan, it's challenging to be a wrestling fan. There are days where I enjoy, there are weeks where I enjoy nothing. And then there are weeks like this where it's meh, but there was one or two good shows enough to keep me interested. This was one of those rare, rare weeks, believe it or not. Um, all right. But that being said, thank you to everyone. Uh, don't forget. We have other content on here. If you're watching from TalkBrunch.com, click around. You can find the live channels. We're live across Twitch.tv slash TalkBrunch as well as Facebook.com slash Gaming slash TalkBrunch and Periscope. You don't got to remember those URLs because they're all clickable straight from TalkBrunch.com. You can follow all of us there. The links are there as well. Uh, Wednesdays, we usually do the Party Game Zone where you can participate through your phones and tablets on jackbox.tv. We definitely want members of you to show up there. We do wrestling jokes and all kinds of stuff. That's going to start to be giveaways and prizes. As well as Sundays, we usually use that for a random gaming night. We'll pick some games that we play episodically, as well as sometimes some surprises. Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat room that hung out tonight. Stasis Dreams, my love. Happy birthday once again. Cool Ice, Evie Gamer. 
uh, Mark in Detroit, Scumshot, uh, Prank Char, The Community Showcase popped in, King Quest, your boy Chuck, George with a Z at the end, Weekly Planet 516, aka Ashley, Willie V2, Playboy Tino, Bloodluster, Spartan Jesus, Sayaman Senpai, Uncle Louie, K3, Jiru, as well as all of you guys that have been listening across all platforms of the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Dino, I also see you in there. Uh, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all of those wonderful places. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 399, 400 coming up next week. I've been your host, Rick Dower, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, here with my co-host, Destin. For both of us, we're out of here. Later, people. Shut it down.